The following program is paid for and presented by John DeMassey. The opinions expressed are not those of Town Square Media or station advertisers. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 presents Talk with a Purpose. Join the conversation by calling 609-407-1450. Now, the host of Talk with a Purpose, John DeMassey. Well, this is Seth Grossman sitting in for the third and hopefully final time uh, for the foreseeable future for John DeMassey. I'm Seth Grossman. I'm a lawyer in Summers Point. Actually, I'm a mostly retired lawyer in Summers Point who only takes easy cases that can be done within an hour. Um, Most of my time is spent trying to save Western civilization as the founder and executive director of libertyandprosperity.com. So I'll be talking mostly about that uh, during the next three hours. Uh, Let me set the table of of how we'll do this because I want to – I'm going to change the format slightly because there are certain topics I want to discuss and I have uh, uh, someone calling in uh, to, to to talk about that. But uh, let me just go over the uh, – I, I guess the main point, number one, in Ocean City, New Jersey. Uh, last week we talked about how the Ocean City School Board adopted some very woke and radical guidelines – of introducing young uh, children uh, to sexuality, sexual issues, sexual deviancy, which is uh, really not appropriate. And that, de- that battle is developing in Ocean City, New Jersey. There will be a rally this coming Thursday, September 8th, at, uh, in Ocean City, across at the park across from City Hall. They call it the Mark uh, Soifer Memorial Park. And my God, that's when you know you're really getting old, when, uh, when you see that all the parks and monuments and buildings are named after people who were your friends, <laughs> and now there are memorial parks named after them. But uh, anyway, from uh, 5 o'clock, at, at 5 o'clock, people will be gathering there uh, to, uh, to protest, and uh, Ethel Hermano uh, may be calling in in a few minutes to give some details about that. And, and what I hope and what people who want to preserve America and, and civilization have to understand is there's a war going on and you don't win a war by going to protests. Protests are a good way to get started. Protests are where you see that you are not alone, where you let the other side know you are not alone. But if you just show up at a protest and complain and then go home, uh, you're not gaining anything. So hopefully this protest will be the beginning of a sustained effort to get concerned Ocean City parents and taxpayers and all Americans involved in a political process uh, to take part in the school board elections in November to reverse that horrible policy. But you, uh, as John Kennedy my, my The president who inspired me uh, to take an interest in politics said, he said, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And that single step is that rally in Ocean City, if you're concerned. Um, the, as far as the phone calls are concerned, I'm going to be basically rambling uh, for, uh, to, uh, on this agenda for about uh, 30 minutes. Uh, the only call I want to take during this first uh, half hour will be uh, Ethel Hermano to tell us a little bit about this rally. If that's her on the line right now, let's take her call. 
after we take her call, uh, the only other call I want to take, uh, Chris, is uh, we'll have uh, a guy called Rick Shafton calling in. He should be calling in uh, about 9.15 to 9.30. And he is a pollster. He does political polls. He's taken the most accurate political polls of any pollster I've dealt with. I used him as my consultant. And uh, when, when I ran for Congress in 2018, and even though I was outspent 10 or 15 to 1, I ran a competitive race uh, in large part because of the uh, radio and TV commercials put together by Rick Shafton. So I expect him to be calling in in a 930 hour. I expect that uh, what Rick Shafton has to say will so electrify uh, and horrify so many of you listening in that the 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock hour, I want to devote that to taking phone calls because I just have a feeling uh, there'll be a lot of phone calls in response to that. Then at 11 o'clock, from 11 to 11.30, we're going to have a, a special guest, Chris uh, Woods, to talk about uh, a topic that is of great concern to John Tomasi, and that is drug abuse and helping loved ones recover from drug abuse. So that'll be Chris, Wid- Chris Woods. He'll be calling in for 11.30 to, uh, from 11 o'clock to 11.30. And then from 11.30 to noon, hopefully it'll be open forum again and we could take everybody's uh, phone calls. Uh, one thing I do a little bit different from John DeMassey, I, I have a, a, the Seth Grossman rule. You call in, you talk about one topic, <laughs> one time, one show. Uh, so I do not uh, really take repeat callers unless for some reason you get cut off or there's some uh, reason for it. Anyway, we now have uh, Ethel Hermano of LifeNet uh, on the line. And, and Ethel, uh, please uh, use this time to tell us about the event in Ocean City and what's going on and, and how people could get involved in the process. Ethel? Sure. So, Seth, can you hear me? Uh, can, can we, Chris? Yeah, I can. Yes. Go ahead. Okay, good morning. Um, okay, so there's a rally in Ocean City this coming uh, Thursday, September the 8th. It starts at 5 o'clock at Mark Sofar Park. It is across from Ocean City um, um, City Hall on 9th and Asbury. It's Please come and show your support for the Ocean City Council Parents' Bill of Rights Resolution that hopefully they are passing. Uh, also, stand against what the Ocean City School Board just did, their decision to approve the New Jersey sex standards. So we, wanna, we want them to repeal the new sex education standards, replace the gender identity indoctrination lessons, and restore parental rights. So come join concerned parents, grandparents, taxpayers, Christians, organizations that are coming to stand together against this horrible new sex education standards that the governor put through. All right, and I see that you have a companion there who agrees with everything that you are saying. Uh, Ethel Herman, let me give you some uh, political advice from a seasoned, uh, I guess, uh, uh, political uh, type. Make sure, Ethel, when you and your supporters go to that rally, make sure that each of you has uh, a clipboard, paper, and at least three working pens each. And that every person at that rally, make sure you get their name, their phone number, and their email address. And it's important to get that phone number because half the time, the, uh, their name and email address will be illegible. And, of course, uh, 
email addresses are unforgiving if you get one letter wrong because it's not important. Well, it's important for people to come to that rally. But again, that rally must be a beginning and not an end. And it's important that everybody in that rally get involved in that school board election, which will be taking place in just about two months. So, uh, Ethel, there's your unsolicited you. advice and really good luck on Thursday, Seth, September 8th. Seth, 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 can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me, Seth? Yes. Okay. First, I just want to say thank you for that advice. We're going to do that. But can I just share something I felt like God put on my heart today that was so beautiful? Can I share real quick? Absolutely. And I just want to tell people out there how much God loves them, that they're so beautifully and wonderfully made in his image, that they're his poem. So as I was sit praying this morning, watching God's beautiful creation all around me, we should always praise his handiwork, because I looked at the gray clouds and the blue sky, and I watched as the sun illuminates the one cloud as it rolls like a small hill. And I reflect, wow, how wonderful are you, God, all that you have made that is good. Everything on earth that is beautiful, and our children that you gave us are such beautiful gifts. The world has been overtaken by darkness, but it cannot outrun the light. Even the gray dark clouds know soon they will face the sun and be diminished into nothing. The rain will fall, yes, for a little while, but then the sun will come and dry up the tears that have fallen. Life is but a breath, and our memories will fade like a flower, but our love is the greatest gift God has given us because love is stronger than death. To think we can love like Jesus, the kind of love that changes the world and defeats demons and heals nations, the love that when we die says death where is your sting because a greater love has been known and his name is christ jesus give him praise today for he is good taste and see that the lord is good all you who inhabit the earth give him praise psalm 5152 praise him for his mighty acts praise him according to his excellent greatness and i had to share that because it was just such a beautiful illumination this morning while i was uh, praying so so here we have this alliance between uh you know a an optimistic hopeful christian talking to a cynical Jew, I guess, and the cynical Jew is saying, yes, that be inspired by that, but there's a lot of work to be done, and, uh, and that work is boring, it's aggravating, but if we don't do that work uh, and, and take the aggravation and, and have the persistence to deal with it, uh, that's, to, that's to right. me the, uh, uh, is important. Whereas, as I guess, let's quote my my dear friend, uh, two quotes from Thomas Edison, famous New Jersey inventor. He said, genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. And he also said that most people never recognize opportunity when they see it because it comes dressed in overalls and looks like work. So with that combination <laughs> between the two of us, let's make some progress in Ocean City. Ethel Hermano of LifeNet, really great to have you, uh, uh, you know, working together. Thank uh, you, with Seth. Us all. And Seth, one more thing. The greatest thing that man has is their fear. They fear everything for, for, for wrong reasons at time. And the scripture God always gives me, 4110, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and uphold you with my victorious right hand. And you are like a David, Seth. I think you're amazing, and you keep doing what you're doing because you're chosen for such a time as this. Amen. All right. Well, on that note, uh, let's uh, let's continue, uh, Ethel, and let me move on to some other topics <laughs> today. I have a great. Uh, 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 oh, I'll say a, I'll be real, Joseph. Say good Shabbos. Have a good Sabbath today. <laughs> All right, take care. All right. So uh, that was Ethel Herm now talking about the rally going on in Ocean City. It's about 14 minutes after uh, nine o'clock. I'm not going to give the phone number now because I do want to talk about some. Items and at about nine thirty, I want to bring on Rick Shafton uh, to talk about some nuts and bolts 
politics as to where we are, how we got there, and how we get out of this mess. Uh, the uh, I, I want to quick mention the uh, Richard Summers event. Uh, well, actually, before I go that to do that, I'm going to go in order. I have a little list here. Uh, I, I've sort of become a celebrity, Seth Grossman celebrity, the David slaying Goliath, because uh, Liberty and Prosperity, after seven months of this lawsuit, uh, persuaded Judge Michael Blee to declare the uh, the tax breaks, certain tax breaks for the Atlantic City casinos, to be unconstitutional. Because New Jersey has a state constitution that requires all real estate uh, to be assessed at the same rate uh, and taxed uh, – all real estate to be assessed at the same method, taxed at the same rate. The idea that just because you have more political influence and more wealth, you should not be able to get the politicians in Trenton to uh, rig the tax system so you pay less and everybody else pays more. And that's basically what the casinos did Last December, we got it knocked out in court, uh, but uh, I'm not uh, popping the cork of the champagne because this battle is far, far from over. The empire is going to strike back. Uh, they will appeal Judge Blee's decision, and I expect the, uh, the state bureaucracy to basically ignore the judge's decision and not collect the extra money from the casinos. And I am afraid we're going to have to be in court <clears throat> to make them do that. And it's something liberty and prosperity can't do alone. I hope we have the cooperation of the county and that we get other support, which we have not yet gotten. So that's the, the downside. The upside is the media has been giving uh, a lot of attention to me and liberty and prosperity.com. And that's a positive thing. And we have to point out that the reason we brought this lawsuit wasn't because the casinos are bad guys, uh, not because uh, you know, we're good guys, but the idea that America was founded on the idea that liberty, that freedom is not all about you doing what you feel like doing when you, when you, when you feel like doing it. Liberty is a complicated system where you have uh, everybody – has to follow a set of rules that are fair and equal to everybody and that if, if you want the freedom to do something, your freedom cannot include the freedom to take away someone else's freedom to do the same thing you want to do. Uh, and where you have that kind of system in place, uh, where you have liberty, you also have prosperity. That's been the motto of New Jersey since 1776. So um, – and, and when the reporter uh, – the, the, there should be a big article in the press of Atlantic City about liberty and prosperity should appear tomorrow. Uh, and all these people um, in the media are saying all these good things about a Tea Party group uh, that they – or a group they used to trash as a Tea Party group or ignore. So we have this new, um, I, I guess, recognition or respect that we did not have before. And it reminds me of a quote from a great Jewish comedian called Eddie Cantor who said, it takes 20 years of hard work to become a, an overnight success. And it just so happens that uh, Liberty and Prosperity is now 20 years old and, and maybe we're just becoming an overnight success. But with your support and, and we need your continued support. Now, now, our next major event is tomorrow. At 3 o'clock in Summers Point. And I do hope that if you're listening, you will not only 
support us and come to the event, or if you cannot come to the event, at least go to the libertyandprosperity.com website and learn the remarkable story of Richard Summers. Uh, here he's a hero from Summers Point, born in Summers Point, 1778, in the middle of the American Revolution, died in Tripoli in North Africa in 1804 when Thomas Jefferson was president. A remarkable story, and I spoke for an entire hour on Harry Hurley uh, telling uh, his story and how he became – I used to say he had become forgotten, but Richard Summers was not forgotten. He was canceled because you see – uh, the people who hate America, uh, the woke Democrats, the communists, the socialists, the whatever discontented uh, people, whatever label you want to put behind them, they hate the whole idea of MAGA. They hate the whole idea of make America great again because they have been brainwashed into thinking that America was never great, that all of our wealth all of our comfort, all of our safety, everything we have here, uh, th- that, that it was all based on slavery. It was based on oppressing women. It was based on violence and tolerance, uh, uh, wiping out uh, Native Americans. And, and so the only history they allow to be taught in our high schools, in our elementary schools, in our colleges, in our Hollywood movies, in our TV documentaries – the only stories they, that are allowed to be told are stories that support that fake and hateful narrative. So you could understand why they would want to suppress the story of Richard Summers if uh, he owned slaves or if he uh, abused women or if he uh, killed Native Americans. But the fact is Richard Summers did none of those things. So you will say, well, why is his story forgotten? Why, is, why has he been canceled? And the obvious reason is uh, if they don't want Americans today to recognize who it was and what it was that made America great before. Because if you could convince the country that America was never great, then you could say that someone who says make America great again – uh, is really an evil, hateful, racist, uh, oppressive, uh, bigoted person. So the, the story of Richard Summers, and, and we have it all posted on our website, and I talked about him for an hour on Howard, Harry Hurley, but there are a couple parts that I just didn't get to, and I'd like to briefly touch on them now. Um, uh, Richard Summers, uh, of, of course, uh, fought... The, the Barbary Wars, because when America was first founded, because America had such low taxes, because American government did not require licenses and permits to build ships and to operate ships and to have shipping ports, even though we were a tiny country of only three million people, after America won its independence from England, uh, ordinary Americans all along the coast were just building ships and sailing those ships to bring the produce and the, and the, and the fish and the uh, products, uh, the, the glass, the things that we were producing here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania 
and, and everywhere else in America, we were shipping those goods around the world, not just to England, not, not just to France, but to Italy, to Spain, throughout the Mediterranean. And there those ships were suddenly attacked by these four kingdoms in North Africa called the Barbary Kingdoms. They weren't pirates. They were regular kingdoms, part of the Turkish Empire or the Ottoman Empire. And, uh, and they would attack those ships. They would seize the ships. They would seize all the goods. And they'd take all the passengers and crew of those ships and they'd sell them into slavery uh, because um, that those four cities uh, in North Africa, Tangier, Algiers, um, Tunis and Tripoli, yeah, now known as Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, and Libya, uh, they, they were the biggest slave centers in the world in the 1700s. Massive, massive slave industry, and they were very wealthy because of it. And by the way, there was a fifth major slave city uh, on the uh, east coast of Africa called Zanzibar. So... Uh, what they had been doing for a thousand years, they had been capturing slaves on an industrial grade level, and uh, that's how they got their wealth, selling them throughout the Islamic world. And of course, hardly anybody knows there was a slave trade for a thousand years like that. And there's another footnote to that. Uh, when Christian Europe got stronger, and began fighting back against these raids on ships and coastal villages. And by the way, these uh, slave raids uh, from North Africa, they went as far away from as uh, Ireland and Iceland because the highest-priced slaves on a slave market were blonde, blue-eyed women uh, got the highest price in the slave market. So the ships, slave ships would go there. But as Europe resisted and got stronger... Then those same uh, Islamic kingdoms uh, began uh, capturing, instead of going out to sea to capture slaves, they would cross the Sahara Desert to capture slaves. And then about 90% of the people they enslaved were black Africans. That has been erased from history. Also, you do not have very many survivors of those black slaves in the Arab world today because 90% of those Slaves who were captured died while crossing the Sahara Desert. And uh, when they had children, uh, babies were killed at birth. Men were castrated. It was just a horrible, horrible experience. But because that story was not told, um, most people think that the only people who had slaves in the world were Americans uh, in the South. And that's just uh, false. So that's why you can't teach the Richard Summers story. Because it brings up inconvenient facts like that. The fact that America, uh, fighting alone, won decisive battles uh, led by people like Richard Summers of Summers Point, And they put an end to that slave trade uh, between 1801 and 1815. How many of you know that? Second thing that's inconvenient is that what, what motivated uh, these kingdoms to think they could just attack anybody and just steal what they had uh, and uh, make them slaves. Well, that was the doctrine of Islam, which said that any uh, follower of the prophet Muhammad was not only permitted to do that, but had a duty to attack, kill, 
rob, loot, rape, and enslave any kafir. Kafir, their word for non-believer. And that's what motivated all of that. And it's interesting to see that just as in the news, how the news has been distorted uh, to give us propaganda instead of news, you read these news stories that will say something like, Salman Rushdie was stabbed repeatedly when he gave a speech in Chautauqua, New York. The uh, attacker, a Muslim man from New Jersey, uh, uh, was responsible, and police are searching for a motive. Police are searching for a motive. Well, if you understood the basic doctrine of Islam, you would understand the motive. Uh, and it so happened that Salman Rushdie had ridiculed the prophet uh, Muhammad in a book he had written 40 years ago. But it didn't matter. A fatwa, an order was put out that he be killed. And, uh, and here it is, 40 years later, he's stabbed. Where you'll, you'll see these reports uh, in Germany and France. Uh, you know, uh, Mr., uh, you know, uh, I, I guess a, a name, Ahmed Ali, uh, attacked 20 people yelling, Allahu Akbar, killing three. Police are searching for a motive. So it's interesting that when you look at the history of Richard Summers in the Barbary War, the official historians will tell us, oh, uh, these, they called them pirates. Of course, they were not pirates. They were perfectly legal in their, their point of view. Uh, we're just attacking Americans because we had these, this money and we had these prosperous ships. But they never said why. If you understand the Richard stories, uh, Richard Summers story, you understand very well why. So, um, so please learn the story. And here's what's really important. Uh, besides coming to the event at 3 o'clock at the Richard Summers Park uh, in Summers Point tomorrow at 3 o'clock, to pay for the radio ads, to pay for the posters, to pay for everything else, we're having a reception uh, an hour later uh, at 4 o'clock at the uh, Sal's Coal Fire Pizza where Liberty and Prosperity meets uh, every uh, Saturday morning. And by the way, uh, even though I'm not there, Liberty and Prosperity is meeting at Sal's on Groveland Avenue and, uh, and, and New Road in Summers Point. So if you're driving by or, or not don't have anything to do, why don't you drop in, if nothing else, but to buy your ticket for the fundraising event after our 3 o'clock ceremony uh, at the Richard Summers Park across from Charlie's Bar in, in Summers Point on Shore Road. So, uh, so, so that's how to help us. But the way to help us the most is please go to our website. And when you go to our website, we have an events section. We have a donate section. We have blogs that explain everything I'm talking about right now. And you'll notice that underneath, uh, there's the symbol for Facebook, that little blue F. And there's a symbol for Twitter, that little blue bird. Please click on there and share our message to all your Facebook friends. Uh, please share it with all your Twitter friends. And if you really want to get extra credit, when you click the Twitter icon, you'll see it puts the whole, uh, the whole link to our article up there. Copy it. Copy it and paste it uh, in emails and other sites for your friends because that's how we get around. Until 2017... Our messages on Facebook and Twitter reached about thirty or 40,000 people 
a week. On some weeks, our post reached 100 to 120,000 people a week. But because Twitter, in conjunction with the radical left and the Democratic Party, and I can't tell you, probably some dark money like George Soros, I don't, I don't I admit, I don't know who forced that issue, but they changed their algorithms. And ever since uh, we were identified as a conservative site, Facebook and Twitter cut us down from 20,000 people a week to we're lucky if we reach 400 people a week. So, uh, so that's our, uh, uh, th- that's our, uh, you know, why we need you to share our messages because we are throttled, we're blocked, we're uh, shadow banned, or whatever. Now, uh, I forget the time. Do we take a break about now? So it's about uh, nine thirty-one. Let's take a break. We'll be back. Back when we come back. When we come back, we'll be with uh, talking to Rick Shafton, my political pollster, pundit. And consultant. If you're interested in driving one of the finest automobiles on the market today, then you'll want to check out all of the fabulous new and pre-owned Lexus at Lexus of Atlantic City. Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. Driving a Lexus is like no other vehicle on the market. Test drive one for yourself at Lexus of Atlantic City. Whether it's new or pre-owned, you'll be more than satisfied. In fact, Lexus is consistently number one when it comes to customer satisfaction. Visit Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. Or you can check out their outstanding selection of new pre-owned and L-certified pre-owned vehicles on their website, LexusofAtlanticCity.com. That's LexusofAtlanticCity.com. Or if you want more information, call 609-641-0008. Lexus of Atlantic City, now celebrating their 26th year in the area. A dealership that you'll enjoy. No pressure, no gimmicks, no hassle, no hype. Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. And remember, always online at LexusofAtlanticCity.com. We are in a mental health crisis. Drug overdoses, suicides, and alcohol-related deaths are skyrocketing. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, call Recovery Centers of America right now at 1-888-RECOVERY, and our team will answer immediately, talk to you about your struggles, and figure out the best course of treatment to get you better. Because we want you in recovery for life. While in treatment at one of our outstanding facilities located near you, you will benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, master's level clinicians, and experienced supportive staff. If outpatient treatment is right for you, our full spectrum of care is available either in person or virtually. And because we know that addiction impacts families as well, we offer support groups, family therapy, and webinars. Every day, thousands of patients get treated at Recovery Centers of America and go on to live happy and meaningful lives. Don't wait. We answer the phone and admit patients 24-7, including on weekends and holidays. So call 1-888-RECOVERY today. That's one eight 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 recovery. And this is Seth Grossman sitting in for John Tomasi. Uh, this is live two way talk radio on uh, WPG Radio ninety five point five FM fourteen fifty AM. The on air line is six zero nine four zero seven fourteen fifty. But uh, I'm not going to be taking calls until uh, I finish about a thirty minute segment with my uh, consultant and pollster Rick Shafton. But before I bring Rick on the air, I just want to explain why I am sort of changing the format. And it's because of what President Biden did Thursday night. Uh, Eight o'clock Thursday night, President Biden gave something that I would call the Reichstag speech. 
And, uh, and let me give a background of what that's all about. Um, the, the Reichstag speech was uh, when Hitler um, was a politician in Germany. He was elected um, to a, what they had a Congress. And his party, the Nazi Party, where the official name of the Nazi Party was the National Socialist German Workers Party. And Nazi, of course, is just a, an abbreviation for National Socialist uh, Party. Uh, so he had about one-third of the uh, support. And uh, he was becoming a nuisance, and he was very disruptive. So somebody got the bright idea. Well, let's bring – let's have unity. Let's bring Hitler into the government, give him a little bit of power – and then when people see uh, that, uh, that, that when soon as Hitler realizes that you have to make compromises and you have to be part of the establishment, uh, everything will be hunky-dory. But it didn't work out that way. What happened was um, after Hitler was in power for about one or two months, there was a mysterious fire. Somebody went to the capital of Germany and set fire to the Capitol building there, which they called the Reichstag. And nobody knew who started the fire, but it was a terrible fire. And after the fire, um, Hitler made a speech saying it was all of his political enemies were responsible for the fire. And he said the democracy of Germany was in danger and that immediate action had to be taken um, against those enemies. And so he got the, the parliament to, to pass these um, emergency decrees, which gave uh, the government under Hitler the power to lock up all political opponents, shut down all opposing newspapers, uh, set up uh, concentration camps to put uh, the enemies into. And that was the end of German democracy. And anyone who saw uh, President Biden's speech Thursday night, just saw how creepy it was for a president talking about the threat of these MAGA enemies of democracy. And not just the words that President Biden spoke, but he's flanked by two Marines in dress uniform. Uh, and he's behind them, this horrible, they took Independence Hall, a friendly colonial brick structure uh, where we could just picture Washington and Jefferson uh, and John Adams uh, drafting the Declaration of Independence and this horrible red color where it looks like he's some like a figure out of the Hunger Games, uh, you know, t speaking from the palace at the Capitol, ordering um, the, uh, the people to mobilize against this dangerous enemy. So that concerned me. And what concerns me even more is the fact that for the past four or five years, the Democrats have been painting Republicans, not just as misguided American citizens who need to be persuaded to do the right thing, not just as political opponents to be defeated in an election, but as a dangerous, evil enemy to be destroyed the way the Nazis uh, demonized Jews in the 1930s um, it, it's – I worry about it. But what worries me even more is that Republicans and Trump and so many 
uh, people on our side uh, are not only failing to recognize the danger, but are playing right into the trap that Biden and the Democrats are setting for us by doing and saying all these things that uh, that that they say are evil. So if if uh, if the Democrats say these MAGA people are threats to democracy because they uh, support an insurrection, they don't believe in elections, they don't recognize election results. So what do people on our side say? They say, oh, the election was stolen. We, we refuse to recognize the election. We think that people who attacked the, the Capitol should be, um, you know, should be released and paid and all these things. And, um, well, I'm not going it, to it, – it's a complicated issue, you see, because the Democrats set this trap back then. And whereas 98 percent of all the protesters at the Capitol were just there for a peaceful demonstration, there were maybe uh, a few hundred who were there to cause trouble. And, and was it stupidity or were they um, paid or led by somebody to create this trap? I don't know. But I do know that the perception is out there uh, for at least half the country that uh, th- that the Trump so-called MAGA people do not accept democracy, uh, and uh, and how do we how do we get out of this? How do we get into this? And before I say anything else, let me bring Rick Shafton uh, on board. Oh, let's take a break. Let's take a break, and then we'll bring Rick Shafton on board. When it comes to you and your family's financial wellness, there are so many things to talk about. We could go on forever. To help guide you along the way. Joe Yakovich has written a book called The Heart of Your Money, Inspiration for Financial Wellness. In the book, Joe talks about longevity, inflation, retirement surprises, and many other topics. For your free copy of The Heart of Your Money, call the office of Joe Yakovich at JML Financial at 856-751-1771 or email Joe at Jay Yakovich at brokersifs.com. And you can listen to Joe Yakovich on Saturdays here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM. For over 37 years, Joe Yakovich has been helping families throughout the area navigate the difficulties of a sound financial plan. You'll find Joe's approach to be different and not just the cookie cutter methods that are prevalent in today's world. The path to your financial wellness and or retirement starts with a call to Joe Yakovich at JML Financial Group. 856-751-1771. 856-751-1771. Or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. Joe Yakovich is registered with and securities and investment advisory services are offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. Member SIPC. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC is not an affiliated company. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Sunny to partly cloudy skies today. Best day of the weekend with a high of 85. Then becoming partly cloudy and humid tonight with a low of 65. Tomorrow will be very warm with a mix of clouds and sunshine. Maybe an afternoon thunderstorm and a high of 87. Then Labor Day Monday will start out cloudy in the morning, partly cloudy in the afternoon. Thunderstorm and spots, high 87. I'm AccuWeather's Holly Holdren on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And this is Seth Grossman sitting in for John DeMassey. 
As I mentioned earlier, uh, I'll be taking calls between 10 o'clock and 11, but I want to set the table here uh, because I was really concerned by that speech that Biden gave Thursday night, uh, where to me, knowing history as I do, studying politics as I do, uh, I respect and fear the Democrats. I feel they've been hijacked by socialists and communists. And one thing about socialists and communists, they are total, total idiots when it comes to managing a country, managing an economy. Uh, they're corrupt. Uh, they make life worse for everybody uh, when they have power. But they are geniuses in one area. They are geniuses at propaganda. No matter – they are geniuses at politics. No matter how much they screw up, they are always clever at blaming their screw-ups on their political opponents. And they're great at using every dirty trick uh, to win elections, uh, to divide and destroy opponents. And so when I saw uh, the speech by, uh, uh, by Biden last Thursday night, to me it was almost as if Joe Biden is getting ready for the kill shot that they've already set up Trump. They've already set up Trump supporters. They've already convinced the majority of Americans that anyone who supports liberty and prosperity, constitution, uh, border enforcement, anyone who is concerned about late-term abortions, uh, that we're all evil and threats to democracy, that we must be identified, isolated, targeted, and destroyed. Uh, and, uh, and, and what caused us to be in this situation? What are we doing about it? Well, uh, Rick Shafton, let's bring Rick on the line. Rick? Well, I don't agree. I don't agree with that. I think that's what's happened with the Democrats is these crazy left-wing kooks have just taken over. And uh, by the way, we're talking about President Biden. We're not talking about Joe. We're talking about Jill because she's the one running everything here. And you saw her walking out there. This is like this is like uh, uh, you know uh, 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 Jerry Mahoney and uh, right. We used to watch his kids on TV with the dummy, right? He's the dummy. Well, uh, well, or others say that this is Obama's third term. I mean, isn't it amazing that well, uh, President is, Obama but, never went but, back to Chicago? That he's hanging around there, all of his operatives. Remember, personnel is policy. So, so the the people who are in this administration are the Obama people. They're just. You know, eight years older. They're they're a little more experienced. They the only thing they have to do is to run against Trump. So what they're trying to do is create this whole democracy issue. Which, by the way, we're not a democracy; we're a republic. Let's get that straight. So every time they say democracy, it's about see every word means something that these people say. They don't say it's just not accidental. They came up with this word. Democracy means we just let the majority do whatever crazy things that you know the the some pollster talks them into. And uh, we have a republic where you elect people who are the filter between mass public opinion and policy. Right. right? Well, That's the reason you have a republic. Right. right? And, of, and so, of course, but they kind of yeah. get that out of the way because they want to socialize and communize America in like four years and then let the next president keep it in place, which is what always happens with Republicans. Right. We like the Republican to undo all the communism. They undo like 10 percent of it and then they put 20 percent more in. Right. In different ways. Now, now, Rick, let's talk to the heart of it. And I just want to give an introduction. So you do uh, public opinion polls and uh, 
And I personally, as a candidate for years, uh, found your polls very helpful because it's very easy for candidates like me to get in the trap that thinks that that I'm going to win this election, everybody loves me. Because when a candidate is going around, you go from neighborhood to neighborhood, uh, people say, hey, Seth, I'm with you. You can count on my vote. You talk to all these people uh, day after day, week after week, who tell you how they love you, they love what you're doing. And then when they count the ballots, you find out (laughs) that you have, uh, you know, you, you get clobbered. You only have half the support that you thought you had. And, and you're puzzled. You say, well, they, they, this must be rigged. It, uh, I, I was just out in the street. The whole neighborhood's with me. But as you point out with well, your polls. We had, we had a lot of that in 2020 because what's happening in America, people are moving to places where people think like them. So uh, 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 you, you have in 1960, there was very there were very few parts of America where one Kennedy or uh, uh, or Nixon got more than 60% of the vote. Very few areas. Uh, today, most of the country, most Americans live in an area that either voted 60% or more for Trump or 60% or more for Biden. So it's very easy to say, everybody I know voted for Trump. How could he have lost? The same way four years earlier, people were like, everybody, I, I don't know anybody who voted for Trump. How did this guy win? Right? It was the same thing. And, uh, that's what uh, is is increasing that perception as we go along because people are are living in very ideologically unique areas and it's it's just it's the change from the old days right when people came here 100 years ago Italians lived with Italians Jews lived with Jews Romanians lived with Romanians everybody lived with their own right people in the south scotch irish lived in the hills the english lived in the low right. country, people just stayed in their own communities. Now, now, today, the yeah. communities are not decided by ethnicity. It's by how you feel about issues. Now, now of course, one way bef- without waiting for the election that you see that even though everyone around you agrees with you and, and, and my candidate Trump can't possibly lose or you go into other circles, how, how did Trump possibly win? The Russians must have made him win. So, of course, political polls are a way to get a, a sense of reality before you have the election results. Now, uh, a lot of people are saying, well, the polls are no good. They mean nothing. Uh, and I do know that a lot of people are reluctant to say how they – what their true feelings are uh, to a stranger on a telephone. But do you think polls are totally worthless or do you think they're somewhat helpful? What's your view of polling today? You no, know, okay. It's interesting. When I, when I was seeing some stuff – from six years ago when Trump was running. And I was not a big Trump fan until he got in office, and I really liked what he did. But I'm not saying this as someone who was not, you know, like this may not have been our best candidate. But then I'm looking at numbers. I'm seeing his world numbers were so incredible with white rural voters. They were just unbelievable numbers. And it's like people aren't seeing this. And then I was seeing with black votes, there were two things I saw. First off, that Trump was actually getting some black people to vote for him. wasn't a lot, but he was getting some. But the other side of it was there was just not the enthusiasm for uh, Hillary Clinton that there was for uh, Barack Obama there. And what that was telling me was that in rural America, these Trump numbers were going to be unbelievable, which they were. And that's what really elected him 
were rural numbers that nobody saw, and then the suburban numbers just didn't fall off as much. And, and you know, but if you look at the state-by-state state polls from 2016 and from 2020, by and large, they called them pretty straight. The national polls well, well, I want to hold – wait, 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 I want I want you to hold that thought because we've been told – and, of course, President Trump says the polls are ridiculous, the polls don't count. So I really want you to go into depth as to why you think the polls were really accurate in 2016 and predicting that Trump would win and why you thought they were accurate in 2020 to show that Trump – that it, it, it would either be too close to call or that Trump would lose. Tell me about the polling data that you saw as a professional pollster. The stuff I saw in, in 2020 that was very concerning was uh, actually, and, and it was that men were not producing for Trump the way they should. See, Trump in 2016, when he won, he had a very big gender gap. He lost women, but he won men by a large amount, by more. And you hear, you hear a lot of talk about the gender gap. It's always from Democrats. They're always complaining, oh, gee, women, Republicans don't support women. Or women don't support Republicans. Right? They try to use it because women are more Democratic than Republican. Now, when you have a big gender gap, what years do we have a big gender gap? We had it in 1980, 1994, 2010, and 2014 and 2016, right? When, which were all good years for Republicans. Now, what happened in 2020, and this is where I was getting concerned, I was not seeing Trump doing that well with men. He had dropped off with men, and there was a less of a gender gap. And he was actually, in some cases, even doing better with, with women occasionally or, is, or equal because the COVID issue, okay. which was kind of everything important. Rick, we got a break. Let, let, please hang on and continue that thought. We'll be back. East Coast Roofing and Siding. Hi, I'm Larry Styler. And I'm Sean Styler. In our ever-changing economy, we certainly understand the need for homeowners to watch their spending. But your home is not a place to cut corners. When you're in need of roofing, siding, or windows, place your trust in East Coast for our certified services and installations. Our GAF, Masterly Contractor Status, provides assurance that you're dealing with a reputable company that can provide you quality roofing products and lifetime warranties. Our certainteed five-star contractor status ensures you'll get the professional siding job that you deserve. Faithfully serving South Jersey since 1979, we can offer you financing options that can help get your project started sooner. So call us now at 609-625-1900 or visit us at eastcoastroofing.com to schedule your free consultation today. If you'll call, we'll show up. East Coast Roofing and Siding. Trust us with your family and home. The Bernie Friedenberg World War II Memorial will be unveiled in Atlantic City sometime in the near future. The memorial will be located in O'Donnell Park in Atlantic City, in close proximity to both the World War I Memorial and Stockton University. Bernie Friedenberg, a Silver Star recipient for his heroism on Omaha Beach on D-Day, will be honored with this memorial. In fact, the memorial will be unveiled on D-Day, June 6, 2023. Donations for this worthwhile cause are now being accepted. For more information or to donate, contact Bernie Friedenberg World War II Memorial, P.O. Box 652, Brigantine, New Jersey, 08203. Or you can donate online at Bernie Friedenberg World War II Memorial.com. This is Seth Grossman. Am I, am I on? Uh, Seth Grossman sitting in for John DeMassey uh, back uh, on uh, uh, John DeMassey's uh, Talk with a Purpose without John DeMassey. 
All right. Uh, what I'm going to do, we have about uh, five minutes left uh, or four minutes left. Uh, Rick, you still there? Yep. Okay. Here's what I like to do. So, so now you're, you're telling me that the polling in 2020 showed that Trump had lost significant support compared to where he was in 2016. And, of course, Trump just squeaked through in 2016. So the, the, the zillion-dollar well, question – What? He was doing work with suburban men. And, and, and your people know all the talk about what the ballot harvesting and everything, but the Trump's problems were not in the cities. Like, for example, in Pennsylvania, there was one county in Pennsylvania Trump outperformed 2016. It was Philadelphia County. He got a higher percentage. He lost by less. It was actually a better showing. His problem was in the surrounding counties, Bucks, Montgomery, Chester, Delaware, and Burks, if you know, is now suburban Philly, where he dropped 100,000 votes. So, and I remember getting a call from the Upper Township, Upper, Upper Saddle River Borough Attorney, about 8.30, election night. Remember, New Jersey was not a targeted state at all. Calls me up to tell me that Donald Trump lost Upper Saddle River by two votes, that no Republican in history had ever lost Upper Saddle River. Now... That made this worse is Rick Maida, who was kind of a buffoon running for U.S. Senate against Cory Booker, right? Or Menendez, whoever he's running against then, right? Maida won by 200 votes. Rick Maida won Upper Saddle River by 200 votes. Trump lost it. The local candidates won by 600. So the problem was in these high-income suburban towns. And he wasn't making up for it in the working-class areas. And, you know, election night, I just remember watching election night. In 2016, about 6.30, Indiana is the first, Indiana, Kentucky, the first states to come in. So I'm a numbers junkie. I'm sitting there. I'm looking at Indiana. So-and-so county comes in. It's voting 62% for Trump. How did it vote four years ago? 56 Romney. Wow. Next county comes in. It was 61 Romney, 70 Trump. Like, hmm, interesting. So it's starting to, I'm starting to see this county after county. He's running six, eight points ahead of Romney. Now, this is in, in, in 2016. The entire Midwest is going to go heavy Trump. That's 2016. Right there, I thought. That was 16. Yeah. You know, then I go looking at Florida, because Florida closes at 7. It's very early reports. I'm looking at Monroe County, which voted for Obama. Trump's winning Monroe County, which is the keys. Now, now this is 2016. Okay, Rick, Rick. It's a 16 now. Yeah, okay. But four years later, it was all the opposite. See, Trump was where the county where Trump went from 56 to 62, he was at 59, right, in rural Indiana. And that's where you saw it. You now, saw it. Just he, uh, everything he gained over Romney, he was dropping off again. Now, now here's the thing. So, of course, uh, Trump and many of his supporters say, well, that's because the election was rigged. It was stolen. Uh, can you give an opinion as to... You know, based on consistency with polls, consistency with what you talk to with people well, on the field. Off, how do you explain this? What first, what happened? What happened was that Trump's campaign got ripped off by a bunch of people like Brad Parscale, who stole $100 million from the campaign. And they had these silly rallies because that's what the candidate wanted, which cost millions and millions of dollars. Literally, they probably spent $5 million a day on those rallies, four rallies a day. Airfare, insurance, crowd control, everything else. And how many shirts did they sell? They didn't make much money off of those. They were losing millions of dollars a day on those things. While Joe Biden had no rallies, he was just running TV ads. 
So I'm in North Carolina watching Fox News, and I'm seeing Biden ads all day long. Now, I don't see Trump ads telling me why I should vote. So there you go. Then he's up there telling everybody, wait till Election Day to vote. Don't vote early. Wait till Election Day. That was brilliant. I mean, Democrats always taught me, get your votes in the bank early. I had two employees who didn't vote because they thought they could go vote at the high school the early voting was. Then at 6 o'clock, they call me and say, oh, we just went, and they said we couldn't vote here. We had to go drive 30 miles to go vote. So how many people in, in uh, Arizona and Georgia and Wisconsin waited till Election Day and something happens, dog got sick, this and that, couldn't Rick, make it? Got uh, Rick, 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 could you do me a favor? Could you hang on for an extra 15 minutes over the top of the news? Because I'd like sure. to open up to, to, to sure. phone calls uh, and let anyone who wants to call uh, 609-407-1450 to, uh, if they, to agree or disagree. We're going to break uh, right now. How much time we got, Chris? I got 30 seconds to tell you that libertyandprosperity.com is where whatever I mean to say but don't get around to saying, you'll find those topics there. And please um, participate in our Richard Summers event in Summers Point tomorrow, 3 o'clock at the Richard Summers Park, 801 Shore Road in Summers Point, and then help us pay the expenses by coming to our fundraiser an hour later at Sal's um, Coal-Fired Pizza. And by the way, that's where Liberty and Prosperity is meeting right now. We'll be back. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM WPGG Atlantic City. WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. The following program is paid for and presented by John DeMassey. The opinions expressed are not those of Town Square Media or station advertisers. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 presents Talk with a Purpose. Join the conversation by calling 609-407-1450. Now, the host of Talk with a Purpose, John DeMassey. Well, it's actually Seth Grossman sitting in for the third and uh, final uh, guest appearance for John DeMassey. And, of course, I'm here to promote liberty and prosperity, the motto of New Jersey since 1776. And that's also the name of the organization that I've been with for about 20 years. And I'm urging you to go to our website, libertyandprosperity.com. If you have not yet donated this year, please look at that Donate tab and give us some money or a libertyandprosperity.com check. You know the work we did in knocking out the special tax treatment for the casinos because we believe in the New Jersey Constitution as well as the American Constitution, that uh, all real estate should be taxed equally, uh, assessed equally. Everybody plays by the same rules. And just because you have a lot of money and power like the casinos doesn't mean you can rig the rules so everybody else pays more taxes so you pay less. And also uh, one of our major fundraising events is uh, our Richard Summers event, the hero of the Barbary Wars uh, in uh, Tripoli, uh, Richard Summers, born 1778 in Summers Point, New Jersey, died at the age of 26 with the entire crew of the Intrepid uh, by the shores of Tripoli, 1804. Uh, fascinating story. Uh, he is not simply a forgotten hero. He's a canceled hero because to understand men like Richard Summers and the Americans uh, of his time – you understand why America was great and, uh, and why the people who say America was never great uh, have been denied the true history of this country. 
But the main issue going on right now, and our phone lines are open, 609-407-1450. And I will be giving priority to all phone calls for the next hour, uh, even if they don't directly relate to um, what Rick Shafton, our guest, is talking about. But basically, a critical issue is going on right now, defined by the Democrats. President Biden uh, announced Thursday what Democrats have been saying for four years, that Republicans are dangerous, racist, evil people who hate minorities, who hate women, who, uh, who don't believe in democracy, who don't respect elections, and these dangerous people must be identified and dealt with. Of course, the Democrats don't mention the fact that in 2016, when Trump won, uh, Democrats refused to accept that election. They said it was rigged by the Russians with no evidence. They urged electors to break their pledges, and they urged people elected who had pledged to support Trump to uh, vote against Trump and break their pledge completely illegal, what they did. And then when Trump was elected, they had uh, riots at, the, at, the, at Washington, D.C. during the inauguration. They set fires. They beat up people. They intimidated people. Uh, and they spent the next year basically having the CIA and national security spy and lie and leak to and do everything they could to destroy the Trump presidency. So they didn't respect democracy. But now, four years later, they're saying it's Republicans. Actually, six years later, uh, or no, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, six years later, they're saying it's Republicans who don't respect elections, uh, and that uh, and that Republicans are unreasonable. And we have a lot of Republicans who are saying, yeah, we don't respect elections. The election was stolen, and we have um, Rick Shaft and uh, Rick. You still there? I'm here. Okay. Well, when you listen in, so I'm going to take some calls. Phone lines are open: six zero nine four zero seven fourteen fifty. Let's start with Bob of Cape May. Let me preface this by saying there is no professional in politics who risks going to state prison, not club fed. This is state prison over a vote, right? Now, people might do stupid things and end up there, but they're not pros. The pros don't. Everybody accuses them of breaking the law, but then they find out, gee, it was all legal. Because what I learned from the Democrats, Seth, is they always have lawyers. They're always making sure the lawyers make sure that everything is done properly. And then afterwards, when everybody crams both fraud, they go to court and they don't find anything. All right. Well, before I, 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 I ta- before I go to Bob, let me just, just ask you one basic question. So because uh, I've been in a lot of elections, you've been in a lot more than me. But when you had the, you know, the suspicion that votes had been stolen, that you have uh, – let's take uh, uh, Dinesh D'Souza's movie. You have these mules and they're gathering up all these absentee ballots and they're dumping them in the boxes uh, at the last minute. So it makes you think, oh, these all these fraudulent votes. So, so that's the what well, we call one thing about that movie, though. If they knew who these people were, how come they're not prosecuted? How come the Republican Attorney General in Georgia isn't prosecuted? Is he part of the conspiracy? They're all part of a conspiracy. Well, because well, Brian Kemp's running each year, so yeah. they all want to Brian Kemp to lose because they would do the exact same thing. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Well, well, well here, here, off, well, here, no here, evidence here. that any of these people. There is no evidence that any of these people are anybody. Well, it's well, like anybody who could have been in the neighborhood, walking within two hundred feet of that box. Happened to be within 200 feet of Stacey Abrams' office, they're counting as having been there. 
It's like ridiculous. Well, well I mean, but, but the thing That's is, like the whole movie. Whole movies are total hoax. Well, but but and, uh, by the way, the only people who commit vote fraud are the people who think that movie's real and they do it themselves and they get caught. Everybody gets caught. Everybody rats out everyone. Well, well, here, well, here's like the thing. Everybody out everyone. Well, here's the thing. So, so if those ballots were phony, one thing about uh, paper ballots, there's a paper trail. So, if somebody would say, uh, you know, here's a ballot that Joe Smith voted. And here's the ballot and proof that they voted. So then you you find out where Joe Smith is. You knock on his door. Uh, he will either say, yes, I voted, or no, it's fake. Somebody voted in my name. You would think that after two years, there'd be dozens, hundreds, or thousands of people stepping forward saying, I never voted. I moved to, to a different state. That's not my signature. Uh, have there been documented cases of actual fraudulent votes uh, to back up the, you know, the allegation that, you know, lots of it in the past, but what's happened in recent years, 1982, there was a big case in Illinois where a whole bunch of people went to prison on vote fraud. And they were obviously doing this for years. And what they found out was like when, when threatened with state prison, people will rat out anybody. And that's what happens. So all these people realize, wow, we'll get ratted out by our own people. I mean, obviously, like. All right. Okay. So, so, the, so, okay. Donald so, Trump, so, right. Right. Rick. 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 Rick, inside, Rick, right? Rick, Rick. 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 Okay. So, so the answer is that if there was this massive fraud, in your opinion, there would be some witness, some evidence, somebody, uh, you know, uh, uh, flipping to help the some prosecution. Prosecutor who wants to become a cult hero would bring a case, right? I mean, if you're a prosecutor and you want to be a hero in MAGA world, um then you would want to prosecute these guys, right? You would be the hero. You'd be all over Fox News and, uh, okay. and Newsmax. And, uh, uh, okay. you know, uh, Rick, 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 I want... I want the uh, number uh, one attorney in America. I, I, you know, so, so you're saying that it's just like the Sherlock Holmes mystery that the key to solving the case is the dog that did not bark. What was it? The Hound of the Baskervilles? Let's go to... Okay, now, Bob or Kate May, sorry about that. Know, Are you I still there? I remember that from the... Okay, yeah. I, wait, 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 wait. You mute, Rick. I want to hear Bob of Kate May. Bob, you're on the air. Uh, hello, Seth. Good morning. Good, good morning. Look, uh, I, I do want to address Rick's point here about the election fraud in, in the last election. But, you know, the hypocrisy of Joe Biden accusing MAGA supporters of not following the rule of law. I mean, it, it's it's mind boggling. You know, Biden has completely ignored our immigration laws. We have open borders. We're being invaded by third world immigrants. Again, totally ignoring the rule of law, forgiving the college loans, totally ignoring the way that's supposed to be done. That's only supposed to be through an act of Congress. But uh, what I want to point out, though, regarding the election. Now, I did not see 2,000 mules. I do want to see that movie. I, I don't want to comment on it. I don't know anything about it. I have not seen it. However, Judge Gableman in Wisconsin was appointed by uh, the uh, Wisconsin State Legislature to investigate irregularities in the 2020 election. And he came up with all sorts of evidence that that election had huge problems. And more specifically here, the drop boxes. They were totally illegal under Wisconsin right. law, uh, okay. and and he was backed up by a recent Wisconsin Supreme Court ruling that that ruled them illegal. All right, so Bob, and, Bob, Bob, 
So let, let me just share with you an experience I had when I ran for uh, city council in 1984. I lost that election by three votes. And of course, I challenged that election. And I find out that seven of the people who voted uh, didn't live at the addresses they said they did. Uh, it turned out two were the children of the, uh, my opponent, and uh, there were other friends of my opponent who voted out of houses where they did not live. And I presented that evidence to Judge Michael Connor in 1984. And uh, the judge agreed that, uh, well, they, they lived somewhere else, but they uh, swore under oath that for various reasons they were temporarily staying in those addresses and, and the, the ruling that Judge Connor made in 1984, and this was a Republican, was even though the procedures were not followed, as long as the person was a real voter and as long as he, was, he or she was qualified to vote and as long as he or she did not vote anywhere else or did not vote twice, that uh, there would be great leniency given to allow the vote to count. So I lost that election. That's in 1984. So basically, even if the procedures were not followed, unless you show that, that those paper ballots were not signed by real voters, uh, those votes are going to count. It may not be fair. It may not be um, you know, the way things were intended, but that's the way elections are done these days. And if you want to knock out a ballot, you've got to knock out the ballot by showing someone is fraudulent before the, uh, the envelope is open and before it's counted. And the Trump people never did that. Is that, is that a sign okay. for a break or is, are you stretching it? Uh, so, so, so uh, again, the Trump people did not challenge those votes. Uh, so, yeah, you have to be more careful in the future. But, but uh, I think what, what Biden is trying to do is if he could get Republicans to say – we don't believe in elections anymore. One or two things are going to happen. Either Republicans are say we don't have faith in the system, so we're not going to vote anymore, in which case we lose all future elections. Or you're going to say, uh, you know, we, we're, we're going to challenge every election. We don't believe it's fair. And that plays into the hands of the Democrats who say we're a bunch of lawless insurrectionists. And people are focused on that and not on all the other laws the Democrats are breaking. So where, I'm thinking of the future. Where are we going in the future? Okay. We need clean elections. Absolutely, we need clean elections. And again, you know, the statement that was made is that, that this last election was, was, ap, was, was a clean election. And there's, there's huge evidence that it was not. And we need, you're right, we need to be much more diligent. And the Trump campaign needed to be diligent when they were getting warnings that Mark Elias and the Democrats were, were planning on, on, changing these election laws without the consent of the various legislatures in the battleground states, the Trump campaign made a huge mistake by ignoring this. Okay. I, I agree with you on that. But we And just, Seth, in Wisconsin, you had 95% part voter participation in nursing homes, where it has historically has been around 15%. And there you have instances. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Bob, 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 pause. Let me hear what, let me, let me hear what uh, Rick has to say. Sure. Go ahead, Rick. Sure. 
Actually, no. First of all, the point he made, but I made about about uh, the Trump campaign not challenged. This is that was everything right there, because yeah. unfortunately, Trump was surrounded by not by the best people. It was by the people who who kissed his ass the most. And we're on radio uh, here, Rick. So you had people telling him how how great he was. Well, I remember. I think he attributes the F word on Rush Limbaugh. Well, don't do, don't please don't do that here. Okay. <laughs> but but, uh, but uh, what happened was that. You you um, you had uh, people in there who were not. I mean, these attorneys just missed the ball. You have to challenge these regulations before they're put into effect. You have to challenge ballots before they're opened. You can't say after the fact these ballots are invalid when uh, you have to go to court and you have to say. In other words, what happens? The procedure is you have an absentee ballot. There's a Republican and a Democrat that reviews it. They if they agree, the ballot gets opened. If they agree, the ballot's bad. It doesn't get opened. And if there's a difference, they put it aside. It goes to a judge. A judge decides we should open this ballot for this reason or we shouldn't. And then you can appeal that particular ballot or any group of ballots. Is that correct, Seth? Uh, absolutely. In fact, in, in fact, I just want to mention that in, in the weeks before the election, I was getting phone calls from people in New Jersey who wanted to volunteer to check uh, absent. They, they were willing to travel at their expense to Georgia. And to Pennsylvania, to uh, they say, is Trump looking for volunteers to do this inspection work because they were familiar? They, 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 and, they couldn't do that because because you have actual, uh, uh, you know, they're they're picked by the campaigns. They have, uh, uh, you know, people for each each precinct. You have your your uh, your poll watchers your, who check the ballots. And remember, you heard all this about the the poll watchers, right? The, it was the, the observers, right? The whole problem with the observers. I mean, observers have no legal role. Observers are like fans at a football game. There's their watch. So Corey Lewandowski shows up with 200 people. You know, like, these are observers. They're here to fight against vote fraud. As if there's just a bunch of bureaucrats in the room looking at the ballots. And what happened was you had these people banging on the walls and everything. Meanwhile, you had a Republican and a Democrat sitting there on the inside. But they made it sound like there was no Republican there. And it was just a bunch of Democrats going through the ballots, picking whichever ones they wanted. But... That just doesn't happen. And the reason it doesn't happen is even if the whole thing was partisan, remember, we're fighting the Democrats one day out of the year, but they're fighting themselves the rest of the year. I mean, you have to see what it's like being on the Democratic side. They don't, they don't, okay, 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 Rick, 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 Bill Barr made this point here about the Trump campaign, and, and I agree with with you and Rick about having you know, the, the challenges should have been made during the spring and summer when when the Democrats were changing these elect, election laws illegally. I give you that point, but look, we can't ignore what what was going on there. And, you know, and, and again, I, I'm pointing this out. And, and, you know, the, the Zuckerberg dollars, the four hundred million dollars that Zuckerberg spent. To 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 mess around with our election process in in Wisconsin, five of the largest cities in Wisconsin, for example, they were they were okay. they were controlled by a Democrat operative that was tied in with the Biden campaign. Right, but is now, that all again, right? But, but I'm, I'm, we're not we're not going to change the results of of the of 2020. I agree. We need to look forward. 
However, we cannot let this happen again. If we do, well, th- then w- do we still have a democracy? I don't no, think so. Maybe not. All right, let me go. To, and Rick said he had to leave, so I'm sorry we lost him. So let's go to Mike of Sarasota, Florida. Mike, you're on the air. Hey, Seth, this is Mike Kahn. I, I saw your email pop up, so I started listening and I decided to call in. Thank you for taking my call. So, oh, can you hear me? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. so uh, I'm listening to this guy, Rick, and, uh, and I'm, it's, it's frustrating. I once volunteered and worked on a, uh, not volunteered, they paid me on an election there in Atlantic City. Um, and I was watching, I was appalled. I was watching people that were on a first name basis with the, uh, people that work in the, in the office. They were carrying in stacks. I'm not exaggerating. Stacks of, of ballots. I guess they're absentee ballots, or whatever. I'm talking like if you're carrying plates in a restaurant from your waist all the way up to your chin. These people are on a first name basis. It, it was hard to watch. And then when you talk about the last election... Oh, okay, Trump, wait, 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 Mike, 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 before you go into... Well, we know very well what that was and who it was. That was none other than our a well-known Craig Calloway of Atlantic City exactly. who has been doing exactly. this for I, at least 30 years. And what he does yeah. when I was talking about Thomas Edison, about uh, people don't recognize opportunity because... It comes dressed in overalls and looks like work. Uh, most um, v- voters, and, and really this goes down to that, that Italian philosopher Pareto. He said the people who benefit from stealing from the government are richly rewarded when they uh, make the system dishonest. But the people who want to keep the system honest get nothing out of it. So Pareto predicted 100 years ago that democracy would collapse because all these people would be trying to use politics and government to get money and benefits for themselves because they're rewarded and nobody is rewarded to keep the system honest. So because Democrats uh, get all this free stuff as rewards after they win the election, they work day and night to go door to door to get those ballots. But the, the thing that we, we keep ignoring on our side is those fistful of ballots that you see – they are real people. In other words, Craig, they're all registered to vote. They're all legal. Uh, Craig Calloway goes to the nursing homes. He goes to the homes. He goes to the homeless shelter. They are uh, U.S. citizens over the age of 18, and he brings them up on a regular basis, whereas you have uh, parents who are, say, Republicans, uh, will not get their kids in college to fill out the absentee ballot. So. Um, you know, that's why the turnout by Democrats is so much higher than the turnout by Republicans. So it looks awful when you look at it, a movie, but those ballots are real people and you can't disenfranchise them, can you? No, I, I, I think that's a great point. Can I, can I make my next comment about Absolutely. the last uh, Trump yeah. election? Yeah. So I'm sitting there watching Fox News at about 8 o'clock at night. Trump's up by 750 thousand votes the guy and then the guy calling in you know on fox is like it's over in pennsylvania so uh somehow you're you're the guy that you had on i think his name is rick for him to suggest that all of a sudden biden picks up over a million votes after eight o'clock at night and and they have batches coming in 130,000 at a time for him to suggest that there was nothing Maybe you can't prove it, but to suggest that it was a totally fair election, I think. Uh, all right. Well, well, well let, Mike, 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 let's analyze it. Let's say hypothetically, and I'm surprised that we don't have more Republicans 
uh, want to invite Craig Calloway as a guest to explain how he does it. So let's say you're Craig Calloway. And let's say you've been spending the last three or four weeks going door to door, collecting all these absentee ballots. And, uh, and from his point of view, uh, he says, well, should I turn these absentee ballots in when I collect them? So suppose Craig Calloway would turn those ballots in three weeks ahead of time. What would happen? What would happen is it would scare the heck out of the Republicans and they'll say, oh, the Democrats just brought in 3,000 absentee ballots. We better redouble our efforts and, and make sure we go get absentee ballots from Republicans. It would sort of trigger the Republicans to want to uh, hurry up and, uh, and and do work on their own. But if Craig Calloway waits until 7.30 at night to bring in all those ballots, well, then Republicans will be completely ambushed. They'll have no idea that those votes are out there and they'll be complacent. So isn't that another explanation for the last-minute surge of ballots for Biden? Uh, it, it, it's, it's possible. I think that's a great point. Uh, and, 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 and then, Mike, 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 here's the second point. If those 300,000 ballots were all fake and, and there were no real voters, if they just went and they got the names of people who were dead or gone or moved or whatever, two years later, don't you think there'd be as Rick said, don't you think some somebody would want to get some reward money to uh, to, to to say, oh yeah, I, I these people don't live there anymore. There's a paper trail. Uh, there's paper evidence. How come it never got followed up on? That's my question. Well, I, I was under the understanding that those voting machines were wiped. They weren't. The no, 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 no. We're talking. No, 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 no. Talking about paper ballots. We're talking about paper ballots coming in right. into the count, uh, and, and and no, they 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 are not wiped. They're 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 there's there's register tape that comes out of them. Anyway, so uh, but but I just think when I I, I look at all of this, when I was a young lawyer uh, trying my cases, you had this judge from uh, Millville called Edward Miller, and uh, when you'd present the case, he'd say I. I, I see all this allegata, all these allegations. But he said, young man, sooner or later, you have to go beyond the allegata and get the probata, the proof. So right now you have a lot of allegations. You have a lot of suspicions. But two years later, if there was really this mass of fraud, there'd be some evidence of real voters saying, that's not my name. I never voted. Uh, I moved away. Uh, somebody defrauded me. And the fact that you do not see that is a reality, I think, that uh, Republicans have to deal with. Because if we refuse yeah, to deal they, with it, we, we say, oh, it's all rigged. Uh, you know, then we play into the trap that is being set by the Democrats and say, see, no. we're just, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But, but, but am, I, am I incorrect when I say that many judges refuse to hear the case and therefore there's no discovery? So the Republicans are never even afforded the opportunity no, no, to present no, their evidence no. to the contrary. No, see, you're, you're talking you sure? about you're talking about the procedure. But but what 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 I learned in 1984 with Judge Michael Connor is when it comes to election, uh, whether it's right or wrong. For the last 30 or 40 years, it's been that if it's a real voter who cast a real ballot and he only votes once, even if the procedures were not followed, uh, those are technicalities. 
and the votes are going to count. And if you're going to change that, you've got to change the whole culture of the way we redid elections in the last 40 years. So it's you can't just let something happen for 30 or 40 years and then one election turns out the way you don't like it and you say, I wish it wasn't this way. But um, but the fact is that it is this way. And uh, and either we face the reality or the Democrats are going to control everything for the foreseeable future, the way I see it. But anyway, on that cheerful note, Mike, enjoy enjoy life and under Governor Ron. And by the way, by the way, you're living in a state in Florida where Ron DeSantis has actually changed the culture. And I think you're one of the few states where Republicans have actually gotten a lot stronger during the past four years, as opposed to, uh, say, here in New Jersey. So you made a good move when you I'm left. Afraid, uh- Go, go ahead, Mike. I want to stay governor. I don't want him to run for president. Thank you, Seth. All right, that's Mike in Sarasota. We got to take a break. This is Seth Grossman sitting in for John Damasi. Phone lines are open six zero nine four zero seven fourteen fifty, and I promise I will stifle for the next half hour and let the phone calls <laughs> have your your way, say your piece, and I will not. Uh, I'll be a little more restrained. Uh, East Coast roofing and siding. Hi, I'm Larry Styler. And I'm Sean Styler. In our ever-changing economy, we certainly understand the need for homeowners to watch their spending. But your home is not a place to cut corners. When you're in need of roofing, siding, or windows, place your trust in East Coast for our certified services and installations. Our GAF, Master Elite Contractor Status, provides assurance that you're dealing with a reputable company that can provide you quality roofing products and lifetime warranties. Our certainteed five-star contractor status ensures you'll get the professional siding job that you deserve. Faithfully serving South Jersey since 1979, we can offer you financing options that can help get your project started sooner. So call us now at 609-625-1900 or visit us at eastcoastroofing.com to schedule your free consultation today. If you'll call, we'll show up. East Coast Roofing and Siding. Trust us with your family and home. I'm Seth Grossman for LibertyAndProsperity.com. Richard Summers of Summers Point was a true American hero. Once, every school child was taught his story. Now Richard Summers is canceled. His remarkable story is forgotten. There are many reasons for this. One is that it includes the fact that until America became a nation, slavery was normal in most of the world. At that time, white Europeans and Americans were also attacked, captured, and sold as slaves. For a thousand years, the biggest and richest slave centers in the world were Algiers, Tunis, and Tripoli in Islamic North Africa. 200 years ago, America fought the Barbary Wars to stop this. Richard Summers was killed in that war. He died on September 4th, 1804. Please join our group in remembering him at 3 o'clock this Labor Day Sunday, September 4th. Meet us by his statue and mural at 801 Shore Road in Summers Point. Contact me, Seth Grossman, for details or visit libertyandprosperity.com. Thanks. And uh, this is Seth Grossman sitting in for John DeMassey on Talk With a Purpose. The phone lines are open. Uh, 407-1450, area code 609. It's about 28 minutes before 11. Uh, 28 minutes of open forum. So I'm really, um, I said a lot. I had uh, Rick Shafton say a lot. Uh, about uh, was the 2020 election stolen or was it uh, played by a set of rules that uh, Republicans did not come to grips to following? 
Let's go to Dan of Linwood. You're on the air. Actually, the rules were violated by the Democrats in Pennsylvania. They had they had an election laws set, and they changed them. They have to be done constitutionally. They weren't. Okay. And you look at Wisconsin. You look at Wisconsin set. Let's go state by state for just a second. If you have a regular nursing home voting record of twenty three percent, and it goes to ninety four percent, you think you got a problem? Well, uh, yes and no. So why didn't Republicans go into the nursing home? Is I guess is what I'm saying, because uh, you know if there are opportunities to get votes, if, if if the Democrats go after those opportunities and Republicans do not, whose fault is that? Well, the the gentleman said it very simple. My mother did not vote, and they says, "Well, how could you be sure?" She said, "He said because she's in a coma." Okay. So a lot of those votes. A lot of those votes weren't votes. Well, there's a there's a procedure to do that, and unfortunately, uh, most uh, you know once a vote counts, once the envelope is opened, and the vote gets mixed in with all the other votes, there's no way to knock out an illegal vote. Now, what hap- What's supposed to happen when uh, all these votes come in from nursing homes? Uh, they're supposed to be challenged. And set aside until there's a chance to find out who's competent and who's not competent. But unfortunately, uh, this is where the battle is fought. And uh, you, you may re- recall yeah. that all we, the all the we, lo- can't, we can't put window dressing on it. Seth. This is in Philadelphia. The poll watchers were escorted out. In Detroit, they were a hundred feet away behind cardboard, purple cardboard. Yeah. In Georgia, there was a fake leak. A big pipe burst it turned out to be a toilet. Twelve hours yeah. earlier, they had it on yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, everybody was shoot. Everybody now, everybody was shoot out of there, and the four or five people stayed. And as you were aware, because you're a you're an, a, an eminent attorney, every vote that was counted without an observer is a felony. Okay, but the bottom line is, are there any voters? Uh, let Let's suppose they would have a do over. Do you think it would turn out any different? And, and, I'll tell you, and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you what, here's an interesting thing uh, about this. In Patterson, New Jersey, in May of uh, 2020, the same year as the election, you had a city election and you had uh, upstart Democrats uh, won an election against the Governor Murphy Democrats. And Governor Murphy was furious. And he turned the Attorney General, Gerber Gruel, on the upstart Democrats of Patterson, and he actually indicted them for voter fraud. And those upstart Democrats did uh, all the same stuff uh, that uh, that you're talking about. They they had last minute absentee ballots. They uh, they, they went to mailboxes. The, the witnesses didn't follow the right procedure. All that stuff was done wrong, and the election was thrown out. And they had another election six months later. Guess what the results of the election six months later was? Exactly well, the probably, way the, they probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, to me, that to, to me, if once the rules are violated, like they were in Pennsylvania, yeah, yeah. and you were going to do what you wanted to do, and you were going to accept votes after a certain time, and you're going to do these uh, drop boxes and stuff, everybody knows two thousand mules. It's a, uh, it's surveillance voting, it's electronic pings. Go see the movie. It was proven. 
It was proven scientifically. It just happens to be wait, that way. Wait, what, what was proven scientifically? That that uh, what, were there were there that, was there that two thousand people visited multiple drop boxes multiple times to the tune of four hundred fifty-seven thousand votes. Right now, they now, had the now, picture. Now, and what what happened here, Seth, is very important. The only way they could get paid is they had to take their mask off, and uh, they took a, a picture on their phone, not knowing that the phones were electronically, uh, they hadn't tuned in. They bought all the, uh, the geofencing area and uh, the phones matched the time of the pictures. And not only did they know where the people were at the boxes, they know where they were coming from. Now, 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 the now of the 457,000 illegal ballots that were brought to those drop boxes, how many people came forward after two years and all this investigation and said, I never voted, my grandmother never voted, my cousin never voted, it's all fake, and, uh, and somebody ought to go to jail for this. How, how many people have come forward to do that? How would those people know? How would those people know? It was them. Uh, well, it's very it's easy. It's 450,000 it, 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 generic people. It's not, it's it, not it, Seth, it, it, Seth Grossman saying that's, that was one of my votes. You have no way of knowing that. Well, who let, your vote. well let's see. If it were me and I were looking for the truth, and of course I'm not a, a big shot like a Rudy Giuliani, but I would say something like go into these neighborhoods where, you know, where it's a list of all these people voted. Uh, and I'll say where 95% of People in a nursing home voted, and I'd say I'm offering a hundred dollar reward for anyone who tells me who comes forward and gives me information that their relative or so didn't vote or couldn't vote. In two years is a long they time. They wouldn't even let them. They wouldn't let them. They wouldn't let them canvass the vote. They went to court. I'm, talk, I'm, talk, I'm, ta- I'm talking about the two years from now. Every That's what I am too, but there uh, was I, never a canvas. Yeah, well, I mean, why if it was if it really happened? Uh, it wouldn't be that expensive to hire a bunch of, uh, you know, vo- even volunteers to knock on doors in those neighborhoods and say, is there anybody who thinks that somebody voted in your name without your permission? Two years is a long well, time to come up with evidence, and I don't see it. I can't, I can't relate to that, but I'll, I could relate to one thing. States don't stop counting votes all the same time at 2 o'clock in the morning and then start counting them up at 5 o'clock. Yep. So if Trump had a 700,000 lead in Pennsylvania and the voting got voting stopped, and all of a sudden, the next day, 97% Biden, 90% Biden, 94% Biden. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but, but guess what? Every one of those votes was on paper, documented, held in evidence, could have been examined, could have been checked against real people, never happened. Anyway, we got to take a break. The market is up. The market is down. I know from day to day, there's a fair amount of volatility. You worry, I worry. We all worry, but not so much when you have a sound financial plan that doesn't depend completely on the market. Hi, I'm Joe Yakovich with this Money Minute. You'll find some real insights in my new book, The Heart of Your Money, Inspiration for Financial Wellness. In this book, I explain in detail how I approach financial planning, retirement, insurance, and many other topics. For a free copy of my book, The Heart of Your Money, simply contact my office at 856-751-1771. That's 856-751-1771. Or you can email me at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. 
And don't forget, I'm here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 with These Money Minutes. I'm Joe Yakovich with This Money Minute, and thanks for listening. We are in a mental health crisis. Drug overdoses, suicides, and alcohol-related deaths are skyrocketing. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, call Recovery Centers of America right now at 1-888-RECOVERY, and our team will answer immediately, talk to you about your struggles, and figure out the best course of treatment to get you better. Because we want you in recovery for life. While in treatment at one of our outstanding facilities located near you, you will benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, master's-level clinicians, and experienced, supportive staff. If outpatient treatment is right for you, our full spectrum of care is available either in person or virtually. And because we know that addiction impacts families as well, we offer support groups, family therapy, and webinars. Every day, thousands of patients get treated at Recovery Centers of America and go on to live happy and meaningful lives. Don't wait. We answer the phone and admit patients 24-7, including on weekends and holidays. So call 1-888-RECOVERY today. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Sunny to partly cloudy today. The best day of the weekend by far, high 85. Partly cloudy, humid tonight, low 65. Very warm tomorrow. Times of clouds and sun. Afternoon thunderstorm can't be ruled out, high 87. Cloudy for Labor Day Monday most of the time with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon, high 87. I'm AccuWeather's Ruth O'Brien on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And this is Seth Grossman sitting in for John Tomasi. And I just, uh, when one of our earlier callers talked about the uh, votes coming out of nursing homes, uh, just a reminder, remember when uh, Governor McGreevy stepped down and Richard Cody, who was the head of the Senate, became the acting governor? Uh, it must have been about 2003, 2004. Remember what his prime uh, program was? I think he had a, a relative who was mentally ill. And they changed uh, the, all the laws of New Jersey that you couldn't say, say somebody was mentally incompetent anymore. You had to say uh, incapacitated or something of that nature. And that opened the door. Uh, to say, how could you take away the rights of mental, you know, people who are incapacitated? That opened the door to let a lot of people in nursing homes legally vote if they were guided by uh, an appropriate family member or professional. So uh, that happened. Andy and Brigantine, welcome to the program. You're on the air. Phone lines are open, 609-407-1450. Go ahead. Good, mo- good morning, Seth. Uh, I'll make my main point, then I have a couple of quick asides. Sure. So um, are you familiar with the theory of Occam's razor? Uh, yes, that if there's a okay, complicated, in, in, and I'll just repeat it, that if there's a complicated explanation of something and a simple explanation of something, the simple explanation is usually correct. And I'll give the classic okay. example. If you go to sleep at night and there's no snow on the ground, and you wake up in the morning and you see snow, there are two possibilities. Either it snowed last night or some space aliens and helicopters went around and they put snow all over the streets. Which is more likely to have happened? Is that, does that correctly okay. state it, uh, Andy? It, it, it's, it's beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Okay, so if you live to be 60 years old like I have, you know that in life there are some things that you know for certain but you can't prove them. Right. Okay. And um, Joe Biden, we are told, won the presidency by about 
43,000 boats over several states. Yes. Okay? We are told that Joe Biden underperformed both Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton in every state in the country. The only states where he overperformed Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama were the few states that he absolutely needed to get in order to win the presidency. Okay? Right. Now, uh, the reason they stopped counting, this goes to your last caller, all of these states stopped counting votes at the same time at 2 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock, whatever it was, but they all stopped counting votes. And the reason is because they ran out of Joe Biden votes. And they didn't start counting again until they had more Joe Biden votes. And I remember all of these ballots that showed up with only the presidential election checked off, the rest of the ballot left blank. As, as uh, Jack Cittarelli would say, who does that? Okay? So, okay. you know, we know what happened. Okay. No, 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 Andy, you don't know what happens. Let's, let, let me be the devil's advocate here, or, or I'll be the, the Biden advocate. So your first argument is, uh, well, in all the other states, uh, Biden underperformed. But he overperformed in the ones that counted. So could another explanation be that Joe Biden uh, focused all of his efforts on the states that counted and did not put resources in the ones that didn't count? In other words, if Biden knew he was going to win certain states by an overwhelming majority, regardless of what he did, he'd ignore that. If there were states he thought he would lose by an overwhelming majority... Uh, 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 In other words, wherever he thought he would win by a majority or lose, he would ignore and he would just focus on the five or six swing states where he can make a difference. So what's so unusual about that? And number two, suppose that uh, that Joe Biden made a deal with local politicians. Hey, I'm not going to mess around with your local races. Uh, Just get me votes for. Uh, for Biden, and I won't mess around with your local races. Will you support me then? So there are also explanations for that as well. But go ahead. You know what I, you know what I found interesting. Why did Joe? Why did Barack Obama go to Philadelphia to stump for Joe Biden? Isn't this the city where Mitt Romney didn't get a single vote in 2012? Isn't this the city where you know the the Black Panthers stood there with? With uh, batons, you know, scaring off, uh, uh, you know, uh, McCain voters. I mean, or Romney voters. Uh, he didn't win a Romney didn't get a single vote in Philadelphia. So why, if it was such a, a Democrat stronghold, why is Barack Obama going there to stump for Joe Biden? You know, it's funny. It's funny. Why is it that whenever Democrats win a national election, it's the most secure election in history? And when Republicans win, we're told they cheated. You know, Stacey Abrams still hasn't conceded, nor has Hillary Clinton. Right. You know, you, 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 you saw what happened with your own eyes on live television the night of the election. And they're asking you. Uh, to, to doubt what you saw with your own eyes. They're gaslighting. Well, we know what happened. We just can't prove it. Yeah, well, 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 guess what? Every single one of those ballots that was counted was sitting there for about a month or two. And all somebody had to do to see if they were phony or real is get the, the list of who put in ballots 
and look at the addresses and send investigators to a sample number of people and see, did you actually turn in a ballot or were these manufactured? And you would have an answer. So besides the allegata, you'd have the probata. But I've got to break uh, and take a message. Andy, thanks so much for your thoughts. We have Greg, Catherine and John uh, on deck when we get back. Here's a great way to save money on your food bills. Join BF Mazio's text messaging group. You'll receive weekly coupons that can save you money. BF Mazio asks you to text the word JOIN to 609-853-5666. That's 609-853-5666. BF Mazio features the finest fresh fruit and produce you'll find anywhere. This week, Jersey white peaches and Jersey tomatoes are fresh and in stock. BF Mazio, 601 New Road in Northfield. Online at bfmazio.com. We are in a mental health crisis. Drug overdoses, suicides, and alcohol-related deaths are skyrocketing. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, call Recovery Centers of America right now at 1-888-RECOVERY, and our team will answer immediately, talk to you about your struggles, and figure out the best course of treatment to get you better. Because we want you in recovery for life. While in treatment at one of our outstanding facilities located near you, you will benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, master's-level clinicians, and and experienced, supportive staff. If outpatient treatment is right for you, our full spectrum of care is available either in person or virtually. And because we know that addiction impacts families as well, we offer support groups, family therapy, and webinars. Every day, thousands of patients get treated at Recovery Centers of America and go on to live happy and meaningful lives. Don't wait. We answer the phone and admit patients 24-7, including on weekends and holidays. So call 1-888-RECOVERY today. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. When it comes to you and your family's financial wellness, there are so many things to talk about. We could go on forever. To help guide you along the way, Joe Yakovich has written a book called The Heart of Your Money, Inspiration for Financial Wellness. In the book, Joe talks about longevity, inflation, retirement surprises, and many other topics. For your free copy of The Heart of Your Money, call the office of Joe Yakovich at JML Financial at 856-751-1771 or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. And you can listen to Joe Yakovich on Saturdays right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM. For over 37 years, Joe Yakovich has been helping families throughout the area navigate the difficulties of a sound financial plan. You'll find Joe's approach to be different and not just the cookie cutter methods that are prevalent in today's world. The path to your financial wellness and or retirement starts with a call to Joe Yakovich at JML Financial Group. 856-751-1771. 856-751-1771. Or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. Joe Yakovich is registered with and securities and investment advisory services are offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. Member SIPC. Brokers International Financial Services LLC is not an affiliated company. This is Seth Grossman sitting in for John DeMassey. You may not agree with what I'm saying about the election, but I think everyone will agree that Richard Summers uh, was a, a remarkable local hero who was canceled because his narrative does not promote the hate America view of so many leftists today. So please uh, join us in Summers Point, three o'clock tomorrow. By his statue across the street from Charlie's Bar on Shore Road. Please help us, uh, if you can, to the fundraiser to help defray the expenses of the ads that you just heard. 
um, to promote the event. Uh, and if you can't attend, please make a donation on the Liberty and Prosperity dot com website, either by bringing a check to our Summers Point office, um, payable to Liberty and Prosperity, or hitting the donate button at the top of the webpage, Liberty and Prosperity dot com. Let's go to Catherine. Uh, oh, please. Oh, Catherine of Ocean City. I thought I was going to make it Irish. <laughs> Catherine O'Grady. Okay, no, whatever. You're, you're on the air. Catherine, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Good morning, Mr. Grossman. Yes. Uh, I just really wanted to um, plug the um, the community, the Ocean City community, and all of the support. Um, we are trying to um, raise awareness to see these uh, the egregious overreach by the state um, imposing these um, state learning standards. Um, you were speaking earlier about that. Uh, we are we are going to be having a rally coming up on Thursday. Um, part of that rally is to, um, you know, to show our opposition um, and the decision of the school board uh, to approve those state learning standards which are highly inappropriate, in my opinion. And we could be honest, uh, they're, they're, also- they're, they're, they're sexualizing young children in the Ocean City public schools. Uh, we can't yeah. ignore that, all and it's got to stop. All yeah. across the state. Yeah, so, you're right, and all across the state they're doing this. Um, but there are some districts that have set precedent and have rejected those standards, so we are trying to get them to do the same in our district. Now, um, to this rally, um, we are meeting and uh, across from city hall in ocean city at the um mark soifer park um on thursday at five just to uh, show our support because ocean city's council some of ocean city's councilmen um have put forward a parents bill of rights resolution and we're looking for them to approve that and pass that on uh thursday night and that, that, that's, the, that, that's September 8th at 5 o'clock at the park across from the city hall uh, at 9th Street. Is yes. it 9th and Asbury, I guess? Yes. Okay. Now, now, I have a question, Catherine. Now, obviously, that's just the first step. There's a school board election. I know at least mm-hmm. two candidates running uh, who, who want to do the right thing. And both narrowly mm-hmm. lost last year, and I hope they'll do better this year now that people realize how important school elections are. Uh, one of them is well, thank, Kathy. Thank you for thank you for well, thank you for that plug because that's who you're speaking with. Uh, am I'm I speaking Catherine to Kathy Panico? Panico? I am running for the board of it. Kathy yes. Panico, uh, uh, we've got to make people aware of what you're doing, and also Robin Schaefer yes. is also running. Is there any other candidate? Liz Nicoletti is also running, um, and she fully supports this endeavor. Um, we all represent the same interests, and we're, we're trying to do what's in the best interest of our kids. So, so just remember, not only uh, to come to that rally this Thursday, September 8th, and find out how you can be more active to help the cause, but the best way to yes. keep, keep the cause is to make sure that Catherine Panico, who I'm speaking with right now, uh, Robin Schaefer and Liz uh, Nicoletti, instead of being in the crowd uh, like they were uh, a week and a half ago, are instead going to be sitting on the dais actually voting to repeal uh, this monstrosity of, uh, of interference with parents. So, Catherine, thanks so much yeah. for calling in and really good luck to you. Thank you so much, Seth. Thank you. Right. 
Okay, our next call is, uh, it looks like Greg of Apsekin. Greg, welcome to the program. Mr. Grossman, good morning. Good morning. Uh, back to elect, back to elections. Our elections have become so aberrated. It's almost as if the only way we're ever going to solve it is to bring in independent auditors to monitor everything that's taking place. And, and, and that would start with I identifications being presented with your photo ID prior to voting. Well, and that's true. Not going to have anything being a Democrat or Republican. It, you're an individual when you go into that voting. Booth. Okay. All right. But unfortunately, the only practical way is, in a, and this is a guy I've been in this all my life, you, there's no substitute for two parties at the local level. And I think that Bill Gormley and these uh, Republican leaders 30 years ago, uh, we used to have Republican candidates running in the inner city and they would lose, uh, but they still would get the support of the party. But most importantly, because you had local Republican candidates in minority areas, they kept the election honest. And when the Republicans said, well, we don't want to have local Republicans running in these towns because they're going to lose. So they just stopped supporting local Republican candidates. Then you had zero Republican candidates. And that created one party system in Atlantic City, Pleasantville and other places. And really, there's no substitute for having local people uh, watching their own elections. But I'll, we'll talk more about that. Uh, thank you very much. Let's go to John of Ocean City. John, you got the last word with about a minute and a half to go. Go ahead. Well, 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 yeah. Actually, I going down to uh, the Board of Elections at Cape May Courthouse. Um, Fair Free had taken me down there, Fair Free Transportation. I dropped the uh, mail-in ballot right there at the, at the drop box in early October. I traced my vote. It was not counted until after Thanksgiving. Now, that's a fact, not a fiction. Okay. Also, the thousands of mail-in ballots that were found in landfills and dumpsters that were uh, – that, that our servicemen and servicewomen had uh, filled out were found trash, not counted. So if you're going to tell me that this guy, this joker that's sitting in the White House now, got 81 million votes and was considered the most popular president in all of U.S. history, I ain't got a bridge to say. I got some beachfront property to say in Arizona. Thanks. Well, okay. Well, all you have to say is you listen to Rick Shafton. Uh, Trump squeaked through in 2016. And you have to say, was Trump more popular or less popular in those key states in 2020 than he was in 2016. Rick Shafton, who polled it, said that Trump lost the support of a lot of suburban white men. But uh, we're going to change the topic completely when we get back. We'll be talking about recovery. We're going to have uh, Chris Woods uh, talk about his recovery. and how 95.5 FM and 1450 AM WPTG Atlantic City. WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. The following program is paid for and presented by John DeMassey. The opinions expressed are not those of Town Square Media or station advertisers. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 presents Talk with a Purpose. Join the conversation by calling 609-407-1450. Now, the host of Talk with a Purpose, John DeMassey. Well, this is Seth Grossman sitting in for John DeMassey during the final hour Uh I'm waiting for a call from uh, Chris Woods and uh, to talk about recovery. And I don't know if uh, he is calling in right now, but if he if he's not, uh, 
what we'll do is um, we'll continue to have open forum. The uh, phone lines are open, 609-407-1450. And Chris, if, uh, or rather, John, uh, yeah, Chris Coleman, if uh, Chris Woods does call in. Hey, Chris, this is Chris with John uh, Okay, I, I believe he is calling in right now, so I'll just use a few minutes uh, to remind you to support the, uh, the, uh, the, the Richard Summers event sponsored by Liberty and Prosperity tomorrow. Uh, 3 o'clock at the Richard Summers Park. There's a mural there. There's a statue there. We're going to have uh, a Marianne Cannon, the artist who painted the mural, explain the significance of her paintings. Uh, we'll also have the, uh, the AMVETS uh, post 9-11 will supply the color guard. Uh, we'll have the vocalist, uh, Molly Puglise. Uh, we'll do the uh, national anthem and the, uh, the, uh, the Columbia, the Gem of the Ocean. And uh, we'll have uh, dramatic readings, uh, a sort of play presented by local playwright uh, uh, that, we, that we have here, uh, Linda Sievert. So uh, it's going to be a very, very uh, rewarding program. I hope you'll join us in Summers Point tomorrow at 3 o'clock. If you can't, I urge you to go to the Liberty and Prosperity website to learn the remarkable story of Richard Summers and why, if you want to convince people uh, to make America great again. The first step is we have to explain why America was great before and learn the stories of the great uh, men and women of America who made America great before so we could recognize and support people who show that same kind of greatness again. So again, if if Chris Woods calls in, uh, please uh, let me know. In the meantime, I'm going to invite anyone who wanted to get a word in before uh, to call in 609-407-1450. I was giving uh, skepticism as to the narrative that the 2020 election was stolen. I was trying to give other explanations why uh, very often as a lawyer, you see things that are suspicious. You see things that don't look right. It certainly justifies an investigation. Uh, And when you do an investigation, sometimes you find facts that show something was wrong. Um, And other times you don't find the evidence and you realize that even though something looked suspicious, it was not. And based on what I see uh, from my personal opinion, uh, I saw a lot of uh, aggressive electioneering that you see in – uh, in elections in Atlantic City and Pleasantville that I've been involved in in my entire life. But did I see massive theft? No, I did not. Uh, did I see uh, the Democrats being smarter as to how they conducted the election? Uh, yes, they were. Uh, were Republicans caught unprepared for a whole lot of reasons? Uh, I saw a lot of that too. Um, but going forward... What's the solution? Because if you assume that you won something that you lost, then you're going to go into the next election, assuming you're going to win the next election, and you're going to lose the next election also. And then what are we going to do? We're going to say, oh, they, they, they cheated us twice. And then the Democrats are going to say, see, those Republicans don't respect democracy. Uh, we've got to round them up and put them away somewhere. Phone lines are open, 609 609- 407-1450.
But I'm going to talk about some completely uh, different topics. Uh, there was an interesting article uh, in the press last week that said environmental experts were surprised that there are no storms, no hurricanes, no violent weather in the Atlantic Ocean this summer. When the experts predicted uh, very, very severe storms, more storms than ever before, more severe storms caused by climate change. And uh, I believe the headline of the press of Atlantic City was something like, uh, the Atlantic Ocean surprisingly quiet this summer. Uh, talk about propaganda. Do you think it's possible that the experts and their models predicted all these horrible storms this, uh, this summer because they wanted to create panic so that the Joe Biden Democrats would get through this uh, half a trillion dollar program to basically make us all drive electric cars and put 67 wind turbines out in front of uh, in the ocean in front of Ocean City and to uh, have all these uh, billions of dollars spent on non-existent climate change. And wouldn't you know it, once they got that legislation passed, oh, it turns out the predictions were false. So it's not that the, uh, to me, not that the ocean is surprisingly quiet this summer, but the American people surprisingly gullible and the media going along. David in Atlantic City, welcome to the program. You're on the air. Thank you. Um, we all know the saying culture, uh, that politics is downstream from culture. So it's fair to say we maybe, I don't know when, 1950, we had a culture where we believed in cautious, strict rules to ensure the integrity of many things, elections included in that. But then that changed. Now we're taught to think that cautious, strict rules are oppressive and racist. And now irregularities that people are calling in and complaining about that might not have been tolerated a long time ago are now culturally tolerable. And the burden of proof is to show that is that you need more proof. Is, is there anything to that, that our culture is loose and floppy? And therefore, when, even when elections look loose and floppy, that's now culturally acceptable. It, it is. And now you actually triggered a memory of two things that were going on at least 30 or 40 years before the 2020 election. One was the, I'm going to hang up and listen to your answer, okay? Oh, okay, sure. Um, but one was the idea that American democracy was a flawed democracy. And the reason we were a flawed democracy is because America had the lowest voter turnout of any other Western democracy. So that was seen as a failure of democracy. But when you think about it, Low voter turnout really is a sign of a healthy democracy because if few people bother to vote, what it really says is that most people are satisfied with their lives. Most people don't uh, care who's running the government. In other words, if I have a good job, if I have good health care, if I have a, a nice house, a nice family, good schools, as long as I have 
everything I want in life just by working and saving and, and dealing with my own career, my own family. I don't care who's getting the city job. I don't care who gets the county job. I'm not going to bother to vote. And not only am I not going to bother to vote, but even if I do vote because I care, I'm not going to get my you know, grandma in a nursing home to vote. I'm not going to go walking down to the homeless shelter to get them to vote because if I win the election or lose the election, it doesn't matter. I'm going to have a good life anyway. In fact, the highest voter turnout ever in a democracy was the 1933 election in Germany when people were scared that uh, if the wrong side won, either the communists or the Nazis would be running the country. So you had a super-duper high turnout. But yet we had this culture that told us that America uh, was flawed because we didn't have enough people voting. So they would make it easier to get people to vote. So they would have the voter, uh, the hours at a polling place went from 8 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, not, and, of course, nobody thought of the idea that, gee, if you have the polls open in an extra two hours, it's going to be tough to find qualified poll workers. And those poll workers are going to be too tired by the end of the day, and they're not going to be as good as, at finding stuff. And, and then we got into the – it used to be you couldn't file an, an, an absentee ballot unless you had uh, documented travel plans or unless you – had a note from your doctor, but we said, oh, we need to have more uh, voter uh, – we, ha we have, have to have more voter participation. And the more voter participation you got, then you got the looser rules. Well, so-and-so uh, voted, but they didn't really live there. And then as I found out in the 1980s, oh, well, every vote must count. Remember, count every vote. Not every vote be honest. Not every vote be uh, follow the rules, but count every vote. And that got us into the sloppy culture that David of Atlantic City was talking about. And once you have that sloppy culture, see, it used to be that uh, there was something wrong uh, if somebody is zonked out in a nursing home or you have a, a drunk strung out, a uh, drug addict strung out under the boardwalk in Atlantic City. Those people are, are not paying attention to the current events. They don't know who the candidates are. Uh, so they, they didn't vote, but now suddenly it was a virtue to get the voter turnout up from 60% to 70 to 80%. And so judges, uh, if, if all the technicalities weren't followed, well, the judge would say, but we got to let every vote count, forget the technicalities. And that got us to the culture that brought us to where we are today. So now we have, it, it's not so much the way I see it as vote fraud, but our elections are being determined by voters who were either too drunk, uh, too mentally incapacitated, uh, who just don't care, uh, who don't speak English, not involved in the community, don't read a paper. But yet, if somebody gets to them with a voter application form and a mail-in ballot form and a pen and, and maybe buying somebody uh, you know, a couple meals or some groceries or whatever, uh, it's okay for them to vote. And, and by the way, um, remember we were told it's illegal to pay people to vote? Well, that used to be a crime. But be once they said it's a public purpose to increase voter participation, uh, anyone who gives money to a voter says, I'm just encouraging the get out the vote drive. In fact, 
taxpayers pay for get-out-the-vote drives. And by the way, when a person says, well, I don't know, I don't know, who should I vote for? Uh, we used to have rules that said you couldn't electioneer within 200 feet of a polling place. But with paper mail-in ballots, why, every kitchen table is a voting place. And sure, people are going to say stuff that influences votes. So it took us 20, 30, maybe even 40 years to get here. And you just can't undo uh, a 20 or 40 year change because you don't like the result of one election. Uh, Al of Corbin City, welcome to the program. You're on the air. Hey, how are you doing this morning, Seth? Well, I'm getting beat up pretty good here, so, <laughs> but I'm still standing. Well, uh, you know, I guess you're one of the deplorables that uh, the president spoke about the other uh, other night, even though I've never known anybody. That, uh, that voted for him, that did any violent acts. I don't know anybody that uh, was thinking of doing any violent acts. Right. Um, and they do feel they do feel that from all the information that they've heard, a lot of my friends uh, and people that aren't even my friends, that even people that I don't particularly care about uh, their politics, feel that this last election was the most improper, most inefficient. And there's so much evidence that, you know, what Zuckerberg, what Zuckerberg did and all this, it's, it, it's, it's like, you know, I feel like I'm in uh, Nazi Germany. I feel like I'm in uh, Russia uh, prior to the end of the Cold War. It's, you know, um, now we're going to have, now we're going to have the IRS. Uh, as a Gestapo, I mean that's that's basically what it's what it is. I don't. Why else do we need that many? If they want to fix the problem, they could make a, a flat tax uh, all and right. eliminate all that problem. And all. Okay, okay, Al, Al you're, 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 we're wandering all over the place. Let's let's focus on a, a couple of things, uh, specific things. What I think the Democrats have succeeded in doing is uh, they did all these dirty tricks to uh, to win the election. They changed the rules. Uh, they got the mail-in ballots. They, they rigged Facebook. They rigged Twitter. Uh, but the people on our side, including President Trump, instead of focusing on where the real problem was, uh, just ignored the real problem for two years. Liberty and Prosperity and Seth Grossman were basically knocked off Twitter and Facebook in 2017. President Trump was in office 2017, 18, 19, and 20. He didn't do anything about Facebook, didn't do anything about Twitter. He had a conference once, said, oh, yeah, thank you very much, and went home. But, uh, but yeah, there was a lot that could have been done about exposing all that stuff, but it just was not done. Uh, uh, President Trump didn't care about Twitter until he was kicked off Twitter. But he didn't care if Grossman was kicked off Twitter. You see what I'm saying? You can't just wait to the last minute when something affects you, and then you get upset about it. And I think that's what Listen, happened. I, 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 I agree with you, but I think at the time, he had some big things on his uh, plate, like the pandemic, uh, coming out of the pandemic, the, the whole, that whole thing. I mean, I'm not excusing him, you know, uh, in that sense, but I'm also saying... You know, let's get, and also the fact that this is a, a man who's never been in politics right. until he became the president. Yes. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, you can see how bad it was when he came in that he kept a lot of the people that he should have fired. 
No, yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean, you know, there, there's there is a lot of things that Trump, I don't agree with what Trump did, but the basic results of what he did, I did like. So, so, I think most of the people in the country did. So, so, so now the question becomes, uh, if President Trump uh, didn't win the election because he made various mistakes, and of course... The the, the uh, my favorite line in The Godfather. I don't know if you remember it, uh, where Vito Corleone is talking to his son Michael, and uh, he's talking about how he has to watch out for Barzini, and uh, the father, the Godfather, says to his son, "I've tried all my life to be careful. Uh, men, women, and children can afford to make mistakes, but not men. And the fact is, when you make mistakes, there are consequences to them." And going forward, I guess the, what, what, what bothers me is if I thought President Trump would say, you know, and he not even saying it uh, publicly. He could say, be saying this privately. You know, I should have paid attention to the social media, what they were doing there. Uh, I should not have uh, turned, uh, you know, talked about my dear friend Tony Fauci. I should not have uh, – I should have prepared better for that first TV debate. Uh, I I could have done this. I should not have uh, let them change all the rules uh, for the ballots without ch- you know. I, I I I should do better. But if 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 President Trump is saying ah, the election was stolen, I won. I won by a landslide. Everything was fine. Give me a chance to do it again, and I'll do the same thing again. That worries me. So uh, maybe that's that's my thought there. All right. Anything? Uh, I'm sorry I rambled on there. Uh, <laughs> anything else uh, you want to bring up, Al? Well, the only the only thing is that uh, um, the other thing is that, that right now is uh, we have I, I, with your analogy about um, voter turnout was excellent, by the way, and absolute truth. And um, the problem now is that. Because of that kind of attitude, we have a bigger problem now because CRT is being, being pushed into our schools and this uh, gender uh, uh, identification is in our school, going to be in our schools. And we have to go to the school boards to, uh, to fight these things and hopefully elect the people that won't stand for this stuff. Uh, you know, I would have thought that the governor of this state would have gotten a, a clear message from people at the last election, even though he barely won, uh, that, you know, people are not satisfied and he just still goes down the same road. So, uh, right, right, right. What's right. Your that, thoughts that, on that? Al, Al, Al that's, that's the difference between the way communists, socialists, and Democrats, they don't care if they win the election by one vote. They're going to do everything their way. Whereas Republicans... Uh, can win by big majorities, but feel they have to reach across the aisle. Uh, that if the Democrats are are, are calling them names, they're, they're upset about it because Republicans don't really realize most of the leaders what's at stake, and and that has got to change. And and by the way, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, one thing that bothered you're absolutely me, absolutely right, with, with Jack Cedarelli. Um, you know, I thought Jack Cedarelli was the perfect candidate. He did everything right. He narrowly lost. Yet last Thursday, we had Kellyanne Conway, who was, I guess, a, a close advisor to Pre- President Trump from Hamilton. I like her. I respect her. She was bashing Cittarelli, said uh, Cittarelli should have uh, embraced Trump more and he would have done better. And uh, 
but yet uh, Chitterley ran much stronger than, than Trump did. But where I think uh, Jack Chitterley made the mistake, uh, within the black community, you have your Craig Calloways. You have your people in Patterson, New Jersey, who have been screwed by other Democrats. And if Republicans are unable or unwilling to get the ballot harvesting operation that the Democrats have, uh, there are plenty of Democrat uh, ballot harvesters who, are, who, are, who do this for a living. Uh, and I think if Jack Cedarelli had uh, made a deal with uh, Craig Calloway, made a deal with uh, – and by the way, that's exactly what Jeff Andrew did. The difference between Jeff Andrew winning and losing was Craig Calloway. And you have Craig Calloway types all over New Jersey, especially in Patterson, where Governor Murphy actually indicted the black Democrats who opposed Murphy's black Democrats. So there are all these opportunities. And I'm afraid that when we say we want ballot integrity uh, for all the reasons that David of Atlantic City pointed out, we're not going to get what we had in 1950 or 1960. It's gone. It's almost like the, uh, the French army saying – in World War II, gee, if the Germans didn't have all those tanks, we could have won the war. Well, you have to face the battlefield changes, and we have to change with it. And we can't be crying about the last election. we got to be wearing, working on the, on the next one. Anyway, so you heard me give my sermon. Right. Thank you so much, uh, Al. And uh, let me get to – oh, let's break, and then we'll get to Jack of Egg Harbor Township. And after that, our phone lines are open, 609-407-1450. Here's a great way to save money on your food bills. Join BF Mazio's text messaging group. You'll receive weekly coupons that can save you money. BF Mazio asks you to text the word JOIN to 609-853-5666. That's 609-853-5666. BF Mazio features the finest fresh fruit and produce you'll find anywhere. This week, Jersey white peaches and Jersey tomatoes are fresh and in stock. BF Mazio, 601 New Road in Northfield. Online at bfmazio.com. We are in a mental health crisis. Drug overdoses, suicides, and alcohol-related deaths are skyrocketing. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, call Recovery Centers of America right now at 1-888-RECOVERY, and our team will answer immediately, talk to you about your struggles, and figure out the best course of treatment to get you better. Because we want you in recovery for life. While in treatment at one of our outstanding facilities located near you, you will benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, master's-level clinicians, and and experienced, supportive staff. If outpatient treatment is right for you, our full spectrum of care is available either in person or virtually. And because we know that addiction impacts families as well, we offer support groups, family therapy, and webinars. Every day, thousands of patients get treated at Recovery Centers of America and go on to live happy and meaningful lives. Don't wait. We answer the phone and admit patients 24-7, including on weekends and holidays. So call 1-888-RECOVERY today. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. If you're interested in driving one of the finest automobiles on the market today, then you'll want to check out all of the fabulous new and pre-owned Lexus at Lexus of Atlantic City. Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. Driving a Lexus is like no other vehicle on the market. Test drive one for yourself at Lexus of Atlantic City. Whether it's new or pre-owned, you'll be more than satisfied. In fact, Lexus is consistently number one when it comes to customer satisfaction. Visit Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. Or you can check out their outstanding selection of new, pre-owned, and L-certified pre-owned vehicles on their website, LexusofAtlanticCity.com. That's LexusofAtlanticCity.com. 
Or if you want more information, call 609-641-0008. Lexus of Atlantic City, now celebrating their 26th year in the area. A dealership that you'll enjoy. No pressure, no gimmicks, no hassle, no hype. Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. And remember, always online at LexusofAtlanticCity.com. This is Seth Grossman sitting in for John DeMassey for 31 minutes more. Uh, And uh, I'd like to have some two-way conversation. If there's something that I've provoked uh, during the last two hours, uh, two and a half hours, please call in 609-407-1450. I'm Seth Grossman with LibertyAndProsperity.com. Just reminding you again that uh, Richard Summers died on September 4th, 1804. In America's first war, when Thomas Jefferson was president against Islamic terrorism, uh, against radical Islam, against slavery, uh, that Richard Summers lived at a time when uh, it was normal for Americans to be broke, but be prosperous and uh, uh, live comfortable middle class lifestyles by their mid-20s. It was a time when America won wars, when we had a culture in our military that America did not go to war uh, unless the whole country was behind the war, where the wars were short and ended in victory. What did we do then that we don't do now? Oh, and I wasn't even paying attention. Is, is Jack of Egg Harbor Township on the line? Uh, but I just want to say, uh, before you bring Jack on, that, so the ceremony for Richard Summers is tomorrow, 3 o'clock, in Summers Point, at the statue and mural of Richard Summers uh, at 801 Shore Road in Summers Point. And then after that, please help us pay the expenses either by making a donation online at our libertyandprosperity.com website or uh, coming to our reception afterwards at 4 o'clock tomorrow at Sal's Coal-Fired Pizza at uh, the Strip Mall on Groveland Avenue and New Road, 501 New Road. Jack of Egg Harbor Township, you're on the air. Yeah, good morning, Seth. Good morning. I uh, wanted to bring up Two uh, sayings, I'll call them sayings, I've heard since I was a little kid. I'm a retired cop, and one one is, under criminal law, better a thousand guilty men go free than convict one innocent person. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. Yes. Okay. And I think when, when election judges consider the possibility of fraud, it has to be done on an individual vote-by-vote basis. Their philosophy, and it might be correct, is better a thousand illegal ballots are cast than deny one person their right to vote. And, and frankly, that's that you're, you've stated correct. That's basically... When I was like 32 years old and I lost my first election by three votes, that's what Judge Michael Connor said. He said right, uh, right. He, he said that this person has a house in Hoboken, but uh, they say they live with dad in Atlantic City still. So uh, I'm not going to throw yeah, out that's, that's, a good vote. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. So that so for better or worse. Now, of course, you know, Democrats are going to stretch that. And they're going to go into the nursing homes and they're going to get but, – but the, the solution to that is Republicans, we have to send our own people into the nursing homes. They're better off. You have mom in a nursing home. You get to mom 
before the Democrats do. <laughs> and, and, uh-huh. and, that, and, I, and I had to do that myself. When my mom was in Meadowview in uh, Northfield, uh, they had people going around, and I made sure I got mom first. And if I thought mom was too far out of it uh, t- to vote, then if I would see her ballot popped out, I'd be the one hollering that said, hey, she, my, my, my mom can't vote. She's just not with it. But, we, we, I mean, that's how you have to do it, One vote by vote, case by case. You can't just look at a computer model and say, I'm going to throw out 10,000 votes because I don't like the way the computer model looks. Uh, yes, I think that's correct. That was point one. I'm sorry. What was point two? <laughs> uh, point two is I had a, what I considered a strange experience in the election of 2020. I'm an in-person voter. I don't want to vote by mail or absentee ballot. I'd rather go to the poll on election day and vote. So on election day of 2020, I drive down to Bargaintown Firehouse to cast my vote. I believe it's District 2. And it surprised me there were very few cars parked at the firehouse. So I, I need a cane to get around with. So I, I get in there and uh, sign the book. But the poll workers, I don't know uh, if they were Democrat or Republican, there should have been a mix there. But they they are trying to, the whole time I'm there, they're trying to talk me into taking an absentee absentee ballot, going home, filling it out, and bringing the absentee ballot back. And the voting machine is right there. I mean, I said, why would I want to do that? And one of them said, well, you'd be the only person who decided on in-person voting today. The only person. This is 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I was flabbergasted. I said, you've had nobody else show up to vote in person? Oh, yeah, we've had people show up. But they took the absentee ballot and took it home and filled it out and brought it back. And I just found that so incredibly... Hello? Irrational. Irrational. Yeah. And, and, I'll and t- they, they, were, they were very reluctant to let me get inside the booth and cast my vote in person. And, and I'll tell you what, uh, what I found irrational, because you're triggering another memory. Uh, there was a, uh, a mechan- the mechanical voting machine uh, was invented by Shoup in 1890. New Jersey was one of the first people to have those mechanical machines. And, uh, and what they did is, is they, they were not electronic uh, other than to keep a register tape. And everything was done mechanically, and you saw mechanical numbers that started out with zero at the beginning of the day, and everybody would look at the back of the machine, see everything was set at, be- at zero. And then at the end of the night, you'd open up the machine, and you'd see what the total count was. And you made sure that the total count on the machine that you looked at was the same as the number of people who signed the book and voted. And then there'd be a register tape showing the total number of votes, and it, it would show how many for each candidate and that was the voting machine that my grandparents used and they knew how to use it and that was what my father my parents used it my dad would take me to vote as a small child the same voting machine and then I go to college and law school I come back I'm a candidate I'm using the same model voting machine I know exactly how it works every poll worker knows exactly how it works and we all had the results by about 10, 11 o'clock at night. 
And then suddenly in the 1990s, somebody says we got to get rid of the voting machines that have worked fine for 110 years and get these electronic voting machines that nobody knows how to use. You have to have a computer programmer who does these things. You don't know how it works. So who benefits from taking something simple and making it more complicated? Uh, and, and that puzzled me as well. Uh, Jack, uh-huh. thanks for sharing your experience with me. Anything well, else? I wanted to bring up, bring, oh, yes. Uh, I went down to attend the Trump rally in Cape May back in, uh, I guess it was uh, late 2020. And uh, I'd always heard that uh, they took down information from everybody who showed up at the rallies. Oh, oh basically, no, it's actually January of 2020. That's when Jeff Andrew was there, right? Jack? Uh, correct. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, so someone came around and, and uh, took down information from me. And I'm waiting for several weeks thinking they're going to follow up by calling and find out if I could volunteer my time, uh, maybe transport voters to the polls on Election Day or uh, go door to door basically electioneering before before the election day. And it, as far as I know, in my case, it wasn't followed up on. Uh, we need a better ground game. The Republicans need a much better ground game. But, but, they have to get people organized, an army of election workers and, going door to door in high Republican areas, offering transportation, uh, any assistance the voters need, filling out absentee ballots. And it was brought up by a caller earlier on your program today. Millions of dollars are spent on these rallies. And I think they're very effective, but you've got to follow up on the rally by organizing Republican voters to help get out the vote. But by the by the way, I remember during the 2016 rallies when Trump won and surprised a lot of the experts. I remember Rush Limbaugh talking about those rallies and Rush Limbaugh, who's like a master of marketing, said he was amazed at how much data was gathered from the people who attended the rallies and how they followed uh-huh. up by mail and how they got volunteers and, and how they had uh, – uh, donations being made, and, and Rush Limbaugh is talking about the great efficiency of the rallies in 2020. But uh, the rally, uh, I mean, of, of 2016 when Trump won, when Trump did not win in 2020, I remember very well that rally in January in uh, Wildwood. And what really struck me, I'm standing in line with hundreds of other people and none of the hundred of people were even from New Jersey. They were like, uh, uh, like, like followers of a rock band, you know, who would go around the country going, uh, they were bragging about, well, I got here for this rally and I was in the front row. So, so you had about maybe 10 or 15% at least of the people going to these rallies instead of being local people to get involved in helping Trump win in their local area. We're just like following a rock star around the country, and we're not adding at all to his votes. And, and uh-huh. I, I did notice that um, back at that rally that you and I were both at. 
but you know, I'm retired, so I got I got time on my hands. I mean, I, all right. Hey, I hey listen, Jack. Jack, I've, I've 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 got to run. We've got to take a break, and I want to get to Kate in Little Egg Harbor Township. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Jack. In these unusual economic times, do you wonder what to do with your money? If you have questions about retirement planning, IRAs, 401ks, tax planning, or any other type question, then listen to The Heart of Your Money. Heard every Saturday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM. Featuring noted author and financial expert Joe Yakovich. The Heart of Your Money will focus on you, your family, and the best ways for you to navigate your financial portfolio. That's every Every Saturday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., The Heart of Your Money with Joe Yakovich here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM, South Jersey's talk station. Joe Yakovich is registered with and securities and investment advisory services are offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC is not an affiliated company. When it comes to you and your family's financial wellness, there are so many things to talk about. We could go on forever. To help guide you along the way, Joe Yakovich has written a book called The Heart of Your Money, Inspiration for Financial Wellness. In the book, Joe talks about longevity, inflation, retirement surprises, and many other topics. For your free copy of The Heart of Your Money, call the office of Joe Yakovich at JML Financial at 856-751-1771 or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. And you can listen to Joe Yakovich Saturdays here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM. For over 37 years, Joe Yakovich has been helping families throughout the area navigate the difficulties of a sound financial plan. You'll find Joe's approach to be different and not just the cookie-cutter methods that are prevalent in today's world. The path to your financial wellness and or retirement starts with a call to Joe Yakovich at JML Financial Group. 856-751-1771. 856-751-1771. Or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Sunny to partly cloudy today. The best day of the weekend by far, high 85. Partly cloudy, humid tonight, low 65. Very warm tomorrow. Times of clouds and sun. Of afternoon thunderstorm can't be ruled out, high 87. Cloudy for Labor Day Monday most of the time with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon, high 87. I'm AccuWeather's Ruth O'Brien on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This is Seth Grossman sitting in for the next 17 minutes for John DeMassey and Talk With a Purpose. I just want to remind you for the final time of this segment uh, to remember Richard Summers tomorrow, September 4th, the day that 26-year-old Richard Summers and the entire crew of his ship, the Intrepid, died fighting Islamic terrorism uh, in 1804 in the shores of off the shores of Tripoli in North Africa. Uh, Richard Summers and the Barbary Wars, not a forgotten war, not forgotten heroes, but canceled. Because if you know the story of Richard Summers and you know the story of the Barbary Wars, you will understand that America was great uh, before. You'll know why it was uh, great before. And you'll understand that the enemies we face today are the same enemies America fought and defeated back in 1804. 
And if we are not defeating our enemies that way today, it's because we are not doing some very, very good and common sense things that we Americans did back then. And that's why Richard Summers is canceled because the left and the education establishment and the Hollywood establishment, because, boy, what a movie that would make. They don't want you to know the truth about these great Americans who made America great before. That's 3 o'clock at the Richard Summers Park in Summers Point, uh, followed by a reception to help pay our expenses at uh, Sal's Coal-Fired Pizza at 4 o'clock. Uh, please go to our website for the details uh, or call me, Seth Grossman, leave a message at my Summers Point office. There's still time to get people there. Uh, now, Kate of Little Egg Harbor Township, welcome to the program. Phone lines open, 407-1450, area code 609. Go ahead, Kate. Hi, Mr. Grossman. How are you? Well, like I said, I'm a little battered but still standing. So, uh, okay, that's uh, good. Ho- ho- hope, uh, I hope I didn't annoy you too much. Go ahead. Okay, I just wanted to clarify a little bit. Uh, you had said uh, we need to stop looking at the election of the past and focus on the ones in the future. And I agree with that, but that's all intertwined because if we don't correct what happened in the past, the same thing will happen in the future. And I think that Trump's message is that there were so many irregularities that happened that we need to correct them so that people have confidence in the future election. And those future elections are totally on the up and up. So I think that's why people are still looking at the last election. Well, all right. So, but, but that's where we sort of disagree. Uh, because we know that things did not go right in the last election. But how much uh, – but, but what bothers me is when I hear the election was stolen. Uh, well, no, you know, stolen means that somebody broke the rules, that illegal people voted, that there were phony ballots and that kind of stuff. But if what it means is we let the Democrats go into all the nursing homes and get everybody to vote because we did not do it, is that, you know, that's something that Republicans have to work harder on next time. If you're saying that the Democrats worked in higher numbers because they harvested the ballots, but, but Trump's told all his people, oh, don't use paper ballots, vote in person. And statistically, if somebody's going to say, I'm going to vote in person on election day, someone's going to get sick, someone's going to get called into work, someone's going to forget. It's called Murphy's Law. Uh, and so maybe the Democrats got 95 percent of their people out and Republicans only got 80 percent of their people out by doing stuff like that. So so what I, I think the real solution is nobody really understands how to work an election until you've done it. And too many Republicans have not gotten involved in school board elections, have not gotten involved in local elections. They go to sleep, wake up every four years and then don't know how the system works. And I think the lesson learned is Republicans have to, even if you don't care about the candidates, even if you don't care about the issue of a particular local election, you got to learn the mechanism of how it works. Uh, and, and we have to be better at it because the Democrats are out there for every single election, working, knowing the system, perfecting their skills. 
So maybe that's where we have a, a slight difference of opinion. Uh, Kate? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I just think that, you know, with the COVID issue, you know, um, there were a lot of irregularities as far as, um, you know, election boxes not being monitored, um, uh, ballots being sent oh, yeah. to every single person. Right. So, my, my dad passed in February 2020. I still got a ballot for him. So, you know, right. things like that. Right, but Kate, here's the question. That was two years ago. If there were massive amounts of fake ballots or stolen ballots, in two years, uh, there's a paper trail. Don't you think that somebody could e- either offer the reward, somebody could have hired an investigator to go door to door, and even if you find a couple of dozen people to say, uh, I didn't vote in that election in 2020, but but somebody voted in my name. That's a crime. I want to find out who did it. I want an investigation. Uh, are you aware of any of that happening? To an extent, yes. All yeah, right. Well, 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 well where? where? In other, in other words, who, is, who has come up in the neighborhoods where they say dozens of people in this neighborhood uh, said they did not vote, but yet the record shows they did vote? What happened here? Uh, that's the follow. What? Yeah, I don't. I don't know to the extent of it is what I'm trying to say, but I know it happened to some extent, and that's what we have to prevent. So I agree with you. Yes, we all have to work hard and you know get out there and get the message out and stuff like that. But I think we also have to, uh, you know, the, the voting laws are determined by the state legislature and a lot of things were done without their okay oh, right right because but, of COVID, right so that's what i mean a lot of things got by and we can't let that happen again right and, and unfortunately when those changes were being made uh trump was surrounded by advisors who told him oh no no if you try to crack down on these regulations they're going to call you a racist so in many of the areas, those regulations went through and Republicans did nothing to oppose them when they actually did have control in many areas and could have controlled a lot, but they didn't. So uh, like, like the Godfather said, uh, he tried all his life to be careful. Women and children can make mistakes, but not men, because uh, when you make mistakes at this level, there are consequences. And uh, hopefully we'll learn from those mistakes, and not repeat them. Uh-oh, uh, thank you very much, yeah. Kate. I'll see you. Oh, okay, I've got to take a break. And whoever called, we'll get to you first. I apologize for um, uh, for missing you. We have nine minutes left to go. And uh, last word, if you, if you don't uh, call in, you're going to hear me talk about my thoughts on Labor Day, unions, immigration, and student loans. East Coast Roofing and Siding. Hi, I'm Larry Styler. And I'm Sean Styler. In our ever-changing economy, we certainly understand the need for homeowners to watch their spending. But your home is not a place to cut corners. When you're in need of roofing, siding, or windows, place your trust in East Coast for our certified services and installations. Our GAF, Masterly Contractor Status, provides assurance that you're dealing with a reputable company that can provide you quality roofing products and lifetime warranties. Our certainty five-star contractor status ensures you'll get the professional siding job that you deserve. 
faithfully serving South Jersey since 1979, we can offer you financing options that can help get your project started sooner. So call us now at 609-625-1900 or visit us at eastcoastroofing.com to schedule your free consultation today. If you'll call, we'll show up. East Coast Roofing and Siding. Trust us with your family and home. When it comes to you and your family's financial wellness, there are so many things to talk about. We could go on forever. To help guide you along the way, Joe Yakovich has written a book called The Heart of Your Money, Inspiration for Financial Wellness. In the book, Joe talks about longevity, inflation, retirement surprises, and many other topics. For your free copy of The Heart of Your Money, call the office of Joe Yakovich at JML Financial at 856-751-1771 or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. And you can listen to Joe Yakovich on Saturdays here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM. For over 37 years, Joe Yakovich has been helping families throughout the area navigate the difficulties of a sound financial plan. You'll find Joe's approach to be different and not just the cookie-cutter methods that are prevalent in today's world. The path to your financial wellness and or retirement starts with a call to Joe Yakovich at JML Financial Group. 856-751-1771. 856-751-1771. Or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. Joe Yakovich is registered with and securities and investment advisory services are offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. Member SIPC. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC is not an affiliated company. Now, this is Seth Grossman sitting in for my final four minutes of uh, Talk with a Purpose. John Damasio will be back next week. It's been uh, rewarding to be sitting in this, uh, actually standing here for the na- last uh, uh, three weeks. But, uh, but I really am looking forward to just uh, calling in my normal 10 or 15 minute segment. The final thoughts I have for this program are here it is Labor Day weekend. And I want to give a little uh, – some thoughts on Labor Day. America is the basically the only country in the world where uh, labor unions and working people have a holiday in September uh, to recognize unions and um, organized labor in America. In the rest of the world, the holiday is May 1st. They call it May Day. Uh, all the communist countries would show off all their military hardware – showing how they were going to crush America on May 1st. But in all the uh, Latin America, Europeans, May 1st is their big union holiday. And why? Because in Chicago, the communist – at one time, Chicago in the United States was the center of world communism, or at least one of the centers. And there was a big riot in the 1880s called the Haymarket Riot where policemen were killed and it was just a horrible situation. And out of that, they made May 1st the holiday of communist and labor unions. However, the majority of American labor unions rejected the communist, rejected the socialist, rejected the May 1st communist socialist holiday because the communist wanted political power and they wanted the government to run the economy. The majority uh, 
um, Sam Gompers and the early founders of the American labor movement said, no, we want freedom. We want private corporations. We want our, the companies we work for to make profits so those profits can be shared with the workers. So we don't want the government messing with the economy. And that's why America celebrates our union working person's holiday on September Labor Day as opposed to May 1st, like the rest of the world. The second thing is a lot of people think that unions gave us our comfortable middle-class lifestyles, the eight-hour week, uh, uh, the forty-hour, uh, the eight-hour day, the 40-hour week, the minimum wage, all that stuff. But the truth is uh, one thing that the American labor unions demanded uh, for 40 years before 1920 was limits on immigration to America because they said if you limit immigration – then there's going to be a shortage of workers. The shortage of workers will force companies to be more efficient, have more machines, more inventions to make workers more productive. And when workers are more productive, they'll produce more, they'll make more. And that's exactly what happened in the 1920s. The American middle class was created in the 1920s, not because of strikes or labor unions or bloody battles. It was done because we limited immigration to 100,000 a year. That gave all the immigrants time to learn English, think like Americans, learn our constitution, learn our laws. And it forced the employers to, uh, to spend a lot more money on equipment to make their workers more efficient. And it's ironic that at that time, the labor unions demanded limits on immigration because it was good for their members. Today, it's the opposite. Today, the uh, labor unions are supporting uh, government control of everything. Uh, they want political power. And the labor unions are actually supporting Democrats who give us open borders because it means more Democrat votes, even though those uh, more uh, illegal immigrants uh, and more actually legal immigrants and illegal immigrants mean uh, more people fighting for fewer jobs. So it's bringing wages down, raising taxes, and you actually have labor unions uh, who celebrate Labor Day working against the interest and well-being of their members. So uh, that's something new, and that's very left-wing, very woke, very socialist. So uh, I'm just about, I guess, down to my last minute, just enough time to tell you the stuff I want to talk more, but to get the rest of the story, please go to libertyandprosperity.com. And if you like what you see, please, be, below every article, there's a, a blue F as in Facebook, a blue uh, bird as in Twitter. Uh, if you go to the Twitter icon, you can get the links to those stories. Please copy, paste them, share them, forward our emails. Because I, Seth Grossman, and Liberty and Prosperity, we're uh, throttled back by the algorithms of both Facebook and uh, Twitter. We can't reach all these people, but you can. So please work with us and have a great Labor Day weekend holiday. Seth Grossman sitting in for John DeMassey, and I'm sure he's going to be back next Saturday. So stay in tune with WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM, 1450 AM.